New from the Fox News Podcast Network. I'm Emily Campagno, and this is the Fox True Crime Podcast. And I had nothing to do with her disappearance. I sit down with the people who lived the nightmares. I was in shock. I was just devastated. The investigators who tirelessly worked on the case. And I really hope that they can catch this guy. Bringing you closer to the story than you ever thought possible. Listen and follow now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. These are the stories that keep you up at night. As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Mafia. I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, PodMN, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Audible, Stitcher, Double Twits, and I'm sure there's some others. Thank you, always. Thank you, everybody, for downloading and listening to the show. It is a great pleasure to be back on board once again with you today. The Minnesota Vikings season finale is upon us. The Minnesota Vikings finished the season with a victory over the Bears, a la Leslie Frazier years ago, as we started working on tearing down the Metrodome right after that. Hopefully the Minnesota Vikings are working on tearing down this front office right after this game. Immediate, uh, No immediate news right now, but talk has been that even Mike Zimmer like uh, informed his coaches that he's going to be let go, even though he had not been told that. But Minnesota wins 31-17 regardless. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Chasing mediocrity to the bitter end. That's going to be the title of this episode rather than 8-9. and Because, uh, well, yay, we chased mediocrity. Well, you know, 7-10 and 10 would have been a little worse. Maybe you'd pick a little higher in the draft, but we got to chase that mediocrity. Eight wins, nine losses, or eight and eight, or nine and seven. I mean, it's Kirk Cousins, Mike Zimmer, and Rick Spielman, and apparently the Wilfs to date, until they prove me wrong and millions and hundreds of thousands of Viking fans wrong. Or maybe there's only tens of thousands of us that are the more honest type, rather than just kind of blind followers of the team going, ooh, every time something, you know, every time somebody scores a touchdown, like it's, wow, it's the greatest thing of all time. Wow, you scored a touchdown. I love you so much. I, you know, when I watch that kind of stuff, it's like, eh. You know, it's like, yeah, I got over that when I was like 19 years old. You know, the 98 Vikings. I got over that kind of stuff right around that time. Yeah, you know, I'm not, <laughs> I'm 40, I'm turning 43 in July, 42 years old. So obviously I'm a little more jaded, a little more crusty and all that stuff. Even though if I was a football coach, maybe they'd call me the young innovator. Let's go, let's go, let's go. And I probably would be because I'm not a huge fan of just running the ball all the time, even though I am a fan of running the ball, but in spurts, not all the time. Let's throw the freaking ball. Let's throw the ball. Uh, maybe I'm a little more crusty as a basketball coach, not shooting 99 three-pointers a game. Maybe let's keep it to about uh, 25 to 30 instead of like 45 to 50. Something like that. A little more reasonable. 30 is even a lot, in my opinion. But, yeah, whatever. Uh, engage. We're going to chase mediocrity to the bitter end, folks. Uh, apparently the Wolves, according to a report, 
uh, sent out by CBS yesterday. I put it on the Facebook page that uh, Zimmer would be let go and that Spielman may be moved up to some kind of cushy job uh, and all that stuff. Will he have influence on the hire of the next general manager? Hard to say. Hard to say. Uh, Skull Memes. Thank you, Coach Zimmer. You brought us into a new era. This is something that's popped up on, according to Skull Memes. That's cute. Uh, you brought us into a new era with many memories. Thank you for being classy. You really think he's being classy? Have you watched his press conferences? Family-oriented. Okay, that's cute. He hired his, his uh, young... Uh, he hired his son to be a coach, and yes, there were pictures on the field because they know it's over. Uh, thank you for being classy, family-oriented, and embracing Minnesota. Remember that you will forever be a part of Minnesota and always be welcomed back. Yeah, you'll be welcomed back. Maybe not as head coach of the Vikings, but that's okay. This also implies to the entire Zimmer family, Skull. And yeah, isn't that cute? Thank you for uh, thank you for that Skull memes that didn't uh, was not shared on my page. It just happens to be on the main feed right now. Yeah, that's quaint. I appreciate it. Oh, how quaint. Yeah, I know. I'm cold and hard, but do you blame me? Who isn't cold and hard at this point? Because we're tired of this BS. <laughs> we're tired of this BS. Um, I'll read the comments after that right now. I'm going to read the comments that came up when uh, they were talking about the Vikings planning on moving on from head coach and general manager Rick Spielman will be uh, possibly hanging around. I freaking hope not. So I'm going to kind of jump into fan interaction, at least in this section right now. I don't think there's any new comments going to be popping up super soon. Justin Shatava from Maplewood, Minnesota. Cool, that's a St. Paul suburb at the end of the day. Uh, he says, the roster shortcomings, the roster's shortcomings are due to Spielman, and you said it correctly, I didn't. Uh, so my bad. Uh, the roster's shortcomings are due to Spielman more so than Zimmer. So I'm not thrilled with the news. That said, in the best circumstances, Zim probably wouldn't be around for more than a few years anyway. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. Um, nothing to disagree with there. I was saying I stated numerous times that I want both of them out of here, so I definitely disagree with this approach if that's where they go. Both need to be out of here. Spielman is no different than Chuck Fletcher was with the Wild. We'll never win a Super Bowl if he's in charge of anything. Of course, no like or response from Justin, at least that I can see, so... I don't know. People tend to disappear after you respond to them, but that's okay. Mike Dale, New York area, of course, says, uh, not the city, but the state, says, as the saying goes, a fish rots from the head. Yes. Why the F are, are they only doing half the job and not removing the head? Amen, brother. Amen, brother. Jeff Froyland says, I've always thought Spielman was overrated. A few big hits, but so many misses. I'm tired of him dropping down on the draft. Yes, and stockpiling six and seven rounders. I don't want to be offensive, but it's like, yeah, to be quite honest, that kind of stuff is mentally something. Yeah, just fill in the word after that. It, it is. It's stupid. Why do you want six and seven rounders? How many of them are an impact? Occasionally you get lucky. It's okay to have some. Now, it's okay to have some, but, you know, like maybe trading away a player you don't want anymore and get them that way. Why trade down over and over and over? Like, it's so great. It is so irritating. And then half of them don't even make the team or, like, they, they make the team, but they rot in the practice squad or, or whatever, you know, or just inactive all year, like our third-round pick offensive uh, guard, Wyatt Smith. Yep, which that's partially on the – that's both right there. I think that's coaching and – um, general manager there, Jeff Froyland again, continuing with Iowa. He says, "I've all I've liked Zimmer way more, and I agree it's time. But I agree it's time to part ways. But GM also needs to go. Yes, the GM does also need to go. 
That's what people... And funny how a lot of the players, back when uh, Leslie Frazier was fired, a lot of the players thought that this isn't fair. Like, you're firing Frazier, but Zimmer is, like, getting out of, getting out of this, you know, scot-free. Yeah, they were, they were ticked off. They thought he was part of the problem, and, yeah... I mean, Josh Freeman, what the heck? That was weird. I was excited about it for a, a, a day, and then it's like you see him play, and then afterward, uh, just the more BS, like, uh, oh, he had a concussion. Oh, uh, and oh, Ponder, he, oh, he, he got home and found out he was hurt. How does that happen? That's almost like believing some of the stuff the government's been saying the last, you know, uh, X amount of months. Uh, you know, that's almost about, it's about the same, in my opinion. We'll leave that, at, we'll leave that where that is. Uh, Gerald Spring, Nebraska says, well, I guess the Wolves are satisfied with mediocrity. That's what I'm afraid of, brother. Would have been great to just start over with some new blood at the head. Shed on the li- on the uh, at the head. Shed uh, shed at the head. Shed and on the sidelines, they've both had ample time to change the culture and failed, as far as I'm concerned. Amen. Amen. Oh yeah, I already liked those and loved them or whatever. Leland out of Iowa says, no, don't fix half the mess. I'm guessing we are looking at years of mediocre play. Rebuild, that's the bottom line. Jeez. I know. I know. I, I know it. Yep, it's unbelievable. Uh, people talking about Cousins, Raker, Mayfield. Yeah, we'll leave that. We'll come back to fan interaction later. So I'll obviously skip what I just did. But uh, that's, uh, you know, that was uh, responding to the update yesterday. The Broncos fired... Fangio. A lot of people think he would be a wonderful defensive coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings. I agree. I agree. I'd, I'd like to have Fangio as a defensive coordinator for Minnesota. He'd be a good choice. Defensive coordinator, not head coach. Yeah, Antonio Brown acted like a moron. Um, yeah, stupid. Tampa Bay Bucks are on the screen right now. Um, the release of the show, I'm debating if it's going to be tonight or tomorrow morning because we're waiting on the... Uh, I, I, I want to wait on the whole playoff picture because segment number two is going to be more of a playoff thing. I may actually record fan interaction before the, the playoff round, uh, depending on how things go, but we'll see because uh, the last game of the season, Sunday Night Football, of course, that one has playoff implications with the Chargers and Vegas Raiders, but I don't exactly see either one of them going on a huge playoff run. Um, but who knows? Maybe in honor of John Madden, the Las Vegas Raiders win the Super Bowl. Maybe. Of course, again, God bless John Madden, of course. I didn't really talk about him much, did I? You'd think I would have, but yeah, I guess I did, because I posted it on the page. So, um, God bless him, though, obviously. Coach of the Raiders, who stomped us into the ground. It's like how the Vikings ran into the Steelers right when their dynasty started, and then the little miniature dynasty with the Oakland Raiders at the time stomped us right in the ground. Ugh, it was bullcrap. Fumbled at the goal line. That sounds familiar. Do you, do you remember what I told you in the past? I, if you've listened to my show for many years, I was watching the game on YouTube. You know how you can, because YouTube is awesome. You could watch the NFC Championship game from 85, and it's just gorgeous. It's just gorgeous. Uh, Rams and Bears. It's so beautiful. God, it's beautiful. And then, uh, of course, the game wasn't beautiful, but just the fact that it's there, and it's Summer All in Madden on, on CBS. It was freaking cool. Um, but, of course, seeing that game, the 76 season Super Bowl, which, of course, was the Vikings' final appearance there so far. So far. We, we fumbled at the goal line on the opening drive. You know what I did? Do you, do you remember what I did? I, 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 closed the, I closed YouTube and walked away. That's what I did. Because it's like, bleep that. That's all I needed to see. <laughs> it's not because I'm a jerk or a cynic. It's because I'm tired of that. It's like, yep, of course. Of course. Of course. Frickin' Adrian Peterson's re... Uh, Frickin' Adrian Peterson's like... Uh, you know, like his dad or something. I'm just imagining. So stupid. Oh, 
so freaking frustrating. I, I can't take it anymore. Makes you want to kill myself. Not literally. Don't take that too seriously now. I'm not that crazy. So, or that, uh, you know, messed up and sad and depressed, whatever. Yep, this is not going to be a detailed game review. Yes, I did watch the whole game. Yes, I did. But it's just, you know, it was a preseason game. Uh, the quarterback played well. The quarterback played well. Delvin Cook had 79 yards. Justin Jefferson missed a a, uh, a record by, was it 17 yards? Kirk Cousins, like, threw the ball to K.J. Osborne for the touchdown. His only catch, his only target of the whole day, 21-yard play, which would have... Uh, which would have given him the number over Randy Moss. Ultimately, I don't care about records either, like Mike Zimmer said, but Zimmer's attitude about it wasn't good. Uh, I'm tempted to see if I could pull that up right now. I kind of almost want to uh, pull up that press coverage. I can't imagine it was that long, if it's even here. Yeah, ten minutes. No, that's, that's uh, the other guy. <laughs> Locker room speech by Zimmer. Yep, well, yeah, it's eight eight minutes and 40 seconds. I don't want to bore you too much. That's too long, even though it's interesting. But the highlights of his, uh, Mike Zimmer's final press coverage, probably as Vikings head coach, was, unless they're crazy and they keep him, but um, <clears throat> with all due respect, but uh, they asked him about his job status, and he said, I don't know. Anybody ask you about your job status? It was kind of like that, uh, along with uh, basically like um, the usual thing of like, I don't know, that's not my decision. You know, of course it's not your decision. Uh, they asked him about the Justin Jefferson record. Why, you know, like instead of handing the ball off to Delvin Cook and kneeling, why not try to get a couple of yards? And he said, I don't care about records. I'm not here for that, basically. So it was things like that. Um, obviously, remarks of a guy that's not happy, uh, that's not a happy camper because he knows what's going on, obviously. If we know, he knows. Believe me. If we know, he knows. Uh Silver linings, of course. Greg Joseph, I think the Vikings have found a decent kicker that we should keep, I hope, unless he's too good for us and winds up with uh, Cincinnati Bengals or something. Uh, the Vikings pass rush honored Zimmer very nicely today. Kenny Willikies was G. Willikers out there. He was great. G. Willikers, Kenny. Two two sacks. DJ Wanham very early, two sacks. Anthony Barr, two sacks. Delvin Tomlinson, two sacks. That is a big, lucky number seven for Mike Zimmer. Uh, that's a good way to honor him. I mean, great pass rush. Ever how Zimmer had the uh, the rotation on the defensive line back in the early days. Um, it's a good job for a team without Daniel Hunter and, of course, uh, the uh, the other guy who's not going to play ever again. Unfortunately, Everson Griffin. God bless him. Absolutely, God bless him. Hoping for the best. Uh, I had a coworker that was saying a lot of the same stuff, and I don't want to get dark and creepy on you, but I mean, I had a coworker just this past fall. That was saying a lot of the same things uh, Everson Griffin was saying, like crazy paranoia, like somebody was following me home. This girl at work was following him home. He killed himself. So, again, so God bless uh, Everson Griffin. I'm glad nothing got that far with him and pray to God in heaven that uh, it never does. Um, so, again, just saying, it's, it's scary. It's definitely no joke. It's nothing to laugh about. Um, it's crazy to think that it actually did happen with somebody at work just a few months back, and right after I trained him on uh, uh, a, a process at work, very nice guy, very, very nice guy. He told me, uh, thank you for thank you for training me. You know, and not many people actually say that. They just kind of walk away and act like they barely know you. You know, they they pretend to care. A couple, couple days, a couple weeks later, they don't care. Uh, the, that guy did, so that kind of, yeah, that was a, definitely a sad moment. So again, uh, big, big respects to... Uh, Everson Griffin going forward. 
It was a great, most likely final game for Anthony Barr. He got 11 total tackles and two sacks. He was really good out there. It was funny. There was a play where he was running back into coverage. It would have been a Bears touchdown. It looked like he made a play on the ball, and no, he didn't. It was just an under, you know, it was just underthrown by uh, the Red Rifle, our buddy Andy Dalton, who there was a time for quite a while there. A lot of us Viking fans were irritated that uh, our great front office, Spielman was part of it. He wasn't the head honcho because there was no head honcho. It was like a it was like a um, three-headed monster type deal where uh, the Vikings passed on Andy Dalton and took Christian Ponder. Obviously, Ponder hasn't played in the NFL for many years now because he stinks. Uh, Andy Dalton stuck around, but at the end of the day, he was a glorified backup most of the time. Kind of how I feel about Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins has special skills. He's got accuracy. He's got the arm, but he doesn't have it between the ears to win a championship. He's not consistent enough to be a franchise quarterback. But he's getting paid like he's he's Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees. He's getting paid like those kind of players, and he's not. So I want this three-headed monster to be severed, beheaded completely. Zimmer, Spielman, Cousins, gone, gone, gone uh, at the end of the day. Sounds like Spielman, though, again, will be still in the organization. Hopefully it's, again... I frankly hope it's more on the business side of things. Maybe like Mike Madonna with the North Star or the Wild, so part of me he was with the North Stars and the Dallas Stars and the Detroit Red Wings for a second because that's his hometown, Detroit, Michigan. Mike Madonna, check out Brave the Wild. Why the heck not? Hey, some of you like hockey, right? This is a contact sport, so is hockey. Contact, contact with a Canadian accent, right? <laughs> um, what the hell am I even talking about? losing track of what I'm even talking about. But no, we need to move on from uh, the three-headed monster. It's time to move on um, from all the above. Zimmer, 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 Zimmer is gone. We know that. Spielman is, uh, and Zimmer's not official, but he is. He's, he's gone. Uh, Spielman needs to uh, move on as well, though, please, for the love of God. At least not be involved with... Uh, at least not be involved with like picking the new general manager or personnel in the future, please, please. I, I just it's it's. I'm sorry. It's time. It's time. I stop trading down and getting your sixth and seventh round picks. It's freaking meaningless. Just, just stop. Just stop it. That's what I want to say. So maybe I shouldn't scream too much. Or the crazy woman upstairs might freaking call the cops on me thinking I'm screaming at my wife which she's not even here so <laughs> looks like the Tennessee Titans have clinched home court advantage home ice advantage or home field advantage and I'm just playing of the AFC so good beat those Chiefs I don't like the Chiefs I don't like the Chiefs they're like the Golden State Warriors to me I don't like either one Cincinnati did what the Vikings did years ago uh, in 2019 it feels like 20 years ago but the one playoff appearance of that stinking Kirk Cousins helped lead this team, you know, kind of lead. He was he was part of the team, I guess, and throwing the ball, but I don't know about much of leading. Uh, helped the Vikings get to a, uh, you know, a home wild card game that didn't, actually, no, it was a road wild card game that didn't mean a whole lot. Uh, and the last, we lost the last two games almost on purpose so we didn't get hurt. Uh, Cincy will be hosting the New England Patriots, looks like, uh, I believe depending on how things come together. Pittsburgh's still in the mix. Apparently, if the Chargers and Raiders tie tonight, that uh, they both make it. Otherwise, the loser is out and Pittsburgh is in. I guess that's how things are going at the moment. But technically, they're both ahead of Pittsburgh at the moment. So it all kind of depends, I guess. Uh, I suppose the Steelers have to lose also 
for that. So if the Steelers lose, I think, and they did not, they did win. So why isn't it showing the record? They're not nine and seven. They should be uh, ten and seven. Very interesting. So the Steelers, I believe, clinched a playoff berth. I believe that's how that works. I believe. Um, no, nine seven and one. That's why. That's right. Stupid Detroit. So that's why. That's why. If uh, both teams tie, they have the tiebreaker over the freaking uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. No, the Steelers. They'll be. They'll all be nine seven and one, and they both make it, and the Steelers are out. Otherwise, Steelers come in. And the loser is Oot. So the Steelers, technically, I believe, would be the ninth or seventh seed, pardon me, in the uh, AFC. I believe. So we're kind of trying to move forward here. I know I'm jumping ahead. The uh, Saints, I believe, are still alive. Yeah, because of uh, San Francisco. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah, they still have to play. The Saints are still alive. They're the final team that's on the outside looking in to possibly make the postseason. <laughs> A certain... Yeah, we'll get back to that. Yeah, because we're not going to really go over the scores a whole lot in segment number two. It's going to be a playoff preview. I'm almost tempted to go over that now, but this should be Minnesota Vikings. Uh, this should be a Minnesota Vikings segment at the end of the day. Uh, Emir Smith-Marset, great game. I mean, he was great. Only three catches, but it was a Randy Moss kind of game. All long catches, including a touchdown. Three, car- three targets, three catches. J.J., Justin Jefferson. 107 yards and a touchdown, and he was dancing and enjoyed it, and he was the longest play of the game, 45 yards. So four, two nice throws by Kirk Cousins into the end zone, and we appreciate it very much. And again, the 21-yarder, which a lot of us wish could have went to um, K.J. Osborne. He was targeted four times. I thought it was more than once at the end of the day. Um, the offense was horse bleep for most of the game, but then the fourth quarter was a lot of fun. It's an ode to Mike Zimmer, or we're winning in spite of him, or whatever the heck, or we're just winning because we like mediocrity, and we just want to stay mediocre, because, you know, getting an eighth win means more than uh, means more than anything. Just get that eighth win, and uh, shut up, Joey. Shut up, Joey. You're just a negative jerk. I'm going to unfollow your show, unsubscribe, uh, one-star rating. He's just a jerk. He's an idiot, and he's he's a bigot or something. He hates hates the Viking fans. He's, he's bigoted, or whatever the word you want to use for me. Um I don't know what the hell I am. Um, I don't know. Um, it's, it, it was ugly football, and I was thinking what a fitting end to the season it would have been if the Vikings end up getting shut out with how frustrating this offense was all season. How the Bears' pass rush was crashing and crashing into Mike Zimmer, uh, Mike Zimmer again through uh, Kirk Cousins throughout the game today. It was uber frustrating, but... Later on, Kirk Cousins got to get going, and he got to let the ball fly, and uh, he didn't lose a fumble. He almost did. That was Kirk Cousins as well. Kirk Cousins' tenure with Minnesota getting strip-sacked, but luckily uh, our, our best friend, uh, Brian O'Neill, was able to recover it. Yes, he is our best friend. He is, because he's the best tackle and offensive lineman in Minnesota, and he's been the best one in a long time. Uh, absolutely, thank you so much, uh, Brian O'Neill. Keep him around as long as possible. Stay healthy, Brian. And all that good stuff. Of course, again, there was like nine players of COVID protocol. We, we know, and I know. I, I res- It is what it is. I follow protocols. I might not agree with 100% of all of this shutdown and, and wear your mask, 20, you know, and, and, you know, and all that. Social distance, I just do that anyway, naturally, because I don't like to get too close to people. I'm a bubble guy. Not because of germs, but because I'm a, I just don't like to get too close. Unless, you know, for one, I don't want people accusing me of something. 
Secondly, <laughs> you know, secondly, come on, don't get all close. That's kind of weird sometimes, unless it's, you know, yeah, unless it's like a personal thing with somebody you really care about. That's about it. Um, how did Dallas score 50 points twice this year? I, I don't know. I don't think they're going anywhere, but we'll see. Go Arizona if that's where, if that's where things are going uh, into the postseason. Again, like, um, it is what it is. It's time to move on. It is time to move on. It's nice to know that we have a ton of talent on this team, and I know getting rid of a Kirk Cousins is ripping the band off. It, it's painful. Just like, because it's like, okay, now this is risky. We might end up going 5-12 and 12 next year. It, it could happen. But there are quarterbacks available, and we'll talk about those as we move forward. Even a Gardner Minshew, I think, is at least adequate. You might be like, Gardner Minshew? Well, yeah, Gardner Minshew, because you don't have a franchise quarterback of the future right now. That's why you got to draft the quarterback of the future. Signing big-time quarterbacks in free agency is risky business because obviously you're going to strap yourself unless the guy's reasonable, unlike Kirk Cousins, because he's not reasonable. If you get somebody reasonable who's going to take, you know, a little bit less amount so you can build around him, you might have a chance. But if you're going to sign somebody for $35 million cap hits and such, you're screwed. You're not going anywhere. That was a stupid mistake. Fatal flaw. Fire Rick Spielman. Fire Rick Spielman. You know, I mean, how, how long did it take for him to get two tackles on this freaking team? Okay, you got kind of okay. He was all right with Riley Reef, but he cost a fortune. Uh, you know, and then you and then you alienate the guy and treated him like garbage in his final season when he actually played really good finally because he was pissed off at you and said, screw you, I'm out of here. I'm going to Cincy. Good luck, uh, Riley Reef and Cincy, by the way. Hopefully they make a one, hopefully they at least win one playoff game. But if they're matched up who I think they're matched up with, they're not going to win. <laughs> we'll get back to that in the next segment. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, there's just you can go all these different avenues. It it's <laughs> we're at a crossroads, and I hope uh, we we head in the right direction. Again, you need a stopgap quarterback one way or another, unless you can get Russell Wilson, uh, unless you can get, and of course we'll talk about that more and more in the oncoming episodes, and probably through the course of this episode, moving on into fan interaction and such as well. Um, but yeah, there's names like Russell Wilson, Gardner Minshew, uh, Derek Carr, who's extremely clutch. The two quarterbacks that are polar opposites in a sense of they, you know, they can both frustrate you because they're not elite superstars, Derek Carr and Kirk Cousins. But Derek Carr costs significantly less, like $18 million less, or is it even more than that? No, about $18 million less. And... <laughs> And he's extremely clutch in the fourth. Kirk Cousins, more expensive. Not clutch in the fourth unless you really, you know, it's just one of those days and it's against a team that's not going anywhere anyway most of the time. Maybe once a year or something he'll beat a, a winning team from behind on the road. Like, wow, that was amazing, Kirk. You know, and everybody went crazy and he, you know, and you then you like that. I know, I, I like it too. Uh, the Fred Tarkington Award winner for this show, they, I mean, hey, they, a lot of guys played well. It was a lot of fun. Should I give it to a random guy who uh, <laughs> stood out today and made some huge plays for the first time all season? He was invisible all year. Should I give it to Emir Smith-Marset, or should he share it with his, his uh, wide receiver buddy today, Justin Jefferson? I'll have them share it together, but, you know, gosh darn it. There was a lot of defensive players that played well, too. It's funny because, dang it, anyway, you know, DJ Wanham was like the leader early on, and he got tons of tackles. Oh, man. Cameron Dancer had a nice pass deflection. Patrick Peterson had a pick six. He was really good in the game. Um, 
Anthony Barr, 11 total tackles and two sacks. Dang it, you know, and even Willikies was pretty good. He was G, G. Willikers good out there. Um, I mean, this is an offensive team with a, a, a decent pass rush when they actually show up and such. And then maybe there's a bad offensive line in front as well uh, on the other side. J.J. and Amir Smith-Marset are going to share the Fran Award. The Christian Pond Memorial, well, <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it is what it is. Leadership, overall leadership of the franchise for putting us where we are. Because I agree with Justin Jefferson saying this team should be a Super Bowl contender. Sure. I mean, why not? They they should have been close enough to to do it. They should have won those close games. But they didn't. So that's how it is. With that, we'll take a quick break. I'll probably have a lot more to say about the same conversation as I'm babbling around about the postseason and such. I'll probably get into more Viking talk during the course of that. We'll be back after this. Emergency segment, emergency segment 1.5. Emergency segment 1.5. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I just want to talk about the Vikings firing Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman. Yes, it happened. The Vikings have fired Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer. Yes, Rick Spielman included in the firing. So away we go, folks. Away we go. The sweeping changes have begun. <clears throat> of course, we'll get to the playoff segment here very briefly, but I had to throw in a 1.5. Forgive the strangeness of this episode because of the circumstances, busy schedules, needed to get fan interaction out of the way because obviously there was going to be so much there. There's no way I could cram that all in Monday morning. So here I am on Monday morning <clears throat> with fan interaction completed already. And uh, Mad Martin also included a second call and a current one. Not not uh, after the firing, unfortunately, but yeah, I'd rather have it on this episode than push it into the next episode. Still uh, before the firing of both Zimmer and Spielman. Yes, Spielman included, so the Minnesota Vikings will be starting over, which has a lot of us feeling a heck of a lot better because the fear was Rick Spielman would wind up uh, you know, in some cushy position in the front office, but uh, Ben Gessling and others have reported that both of them are gone, and it's about bleeping time. Um, I'm sorry. You know, obviously, so many ups and downs over the years. Uh, Zimmer, I think we've talked enough about our our, desire, our likes and dislikes of him. It just, you know, it, it is what it is. Uh, the wins, the losses. You had the wonderful uh, 2017 season, the best third-down defense in the NFL, which was so good. That's one of the reasons why we, we won so many games. Case Keenum running the magic carpet. But, of course, Mike Zimmer's inability to really to really treat players with with respect that actually, you know, like like the quarterback position on the offensive side of the ball. He just had no respect for the offensive side of the ball. And, of course, also kind of, it seemed like he, he, he lacked a filter at times, which, hey, I'm guilty of. A lot of people are guilty of that, <laughs> to be quite honest. Sometimes you don't have a filter. You're like, ah, oh, he played like crap. I'm tired of this BS. And then the guy's standing right there, or obviously it's national whatever, you know, like, you know, you're going to be all over the place, worldwide, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, it's going to be everywhere. Score North, KFAN, you know, uh, Star Tribune, everything. It's going to be everywhere. So lacking a filter sometimes can get you in trouble. Because <clears throat> obviously those are all players in the locker room that can hear it. And I don't know, some people handle things differently, I guess. But uh, it's, it's, a, it's a change that was absolutely necessary. And of course, like I've been saying... <laughs> chasing mediocrity to the bitter end and it's a bitter end all right it's it's done it's game over it's over johnny and all that 
what the heck is going on now okay I see <laughs> yeah just always something going on but of course something very important here again it's good to know though that we're going to head in a different direction at the general manager position that means it's going to be a completely different vibe uh bring in a bill garen huh bring in a bill garen who's not afraid to make changes <laughs> kirk cousins there's i think the odds of kirk cousins returning has dropped significantly even though maybe even uh, Spielman was willing to make a change. Or who knows, maybe it'll be a vision that can help Kirk Cousins. Maybe we're going to settle in on him for a little bit and then hope for the best. Or we're going to rip the Band-Aid off, which I'm in favor of for the most part. But if it's a, a different, obviously it will be a completely different offensive philosophy that things could ha head in a much better direction for the Minnesota Vikings in the future here. Uh, regardless who the quarterback is. A coach that actually like meets with the quarterback once in a while, a coach that doesn't throw backup quarterbacks before they've really played an NFL snap under the bus, like, oh, he sucks, he's not going to play, he's not ready, he's not going to play, he sucks right now. You know, <laughs> what if I said that? You know, that wouldn't go over too well, would it? Where obviously he's going to hear it like very soon. Uh, Anthony Barr was saying how there's always going to be finger pointing and he's the head coach, he's going to have the most responsibility uh, that's just kind of the way it is. It's unfortunate. I wish we would have been able to eke out a couple more wins in those tight situations, but the ball didn't bounce our way. Yeah, sure. Well, I I know. Obviously, the missed kicks and such, and we didn't put ourselves in position as well. So at least he said that. But Spielman, who came on all the way back in 2006 with uh, Brad Childress, basically, he didn't hire Brad Childress. It was the owners that hired Brad Childress. Um, obviously, the Wilfs and such. It was kind of a developing position for Spielman. He was obviously, he was an important person in the front office, but he was like a piece more than like the main dude until 2012. <sighs> made some good picks, made some not so good picks. I mean, I was 100% pro Matt Khalil, you know, and he looked really good at the beginning, and it seemed like every year he just got worse. He was, he was kind of like Joe Smith in the NFL and, frank, and frankly, Anthony Barr, or Joe Smith in the NBA, pardon me, where the rookie year, he was arguably their best year. So, extreme frustration there. Harrison Smith was a fantastic pick. Xavier Rhodes was really good, and then he hit, he hit a wall. Cordero Patterson, that was not good, considering how much he gave up for him, for a guy who's, you know, he's a talented special teams player. That's bottom line what he was. Anthony Barr, again, all over the place. And Teddy Bridgewater with the catastrophic knee injury, unfortunately. Now, this is Ben Gusling of the Star Tribune, so citing him there, of course. Obviously, other sources coming out, but I do believe Ben Gusling was first... And he most likely had this article written already because it was just bam, you know, <laughs> when the news finally broke. He had the article written, probably maybe multiple versions of it, one that had Spielman going up in a, a cushy job where he just made minor edits on that one before releasing it. Uh, but Zimmer was going to be gone regardless, which all of his body language the last month or so told you it's over, especially the last two weeks. Uh, after the Green Bay game, it was like a 100% chance that Mike Zimmer would head off in a different direction. Again, at the general manager position, I mean, there's <clears throat> interesting ideas out there. I'm not as learned, I'm going to be honest, I'm not as learned on front office people throughout the NFL, like assistant front office people. So I'm going to kind of catch up with that one on uh, in next week's show, if there isn't a new general manager hired. Kind of read up on some people over the course of time, because again, I mean, I'm, I'm more learned on coaches, generally speaking. I'm still no genius one way or another on it, obviously, because who is, you know, who really is a genius except somebody maybe who's inside, literally inside everything out there. Um, Kellen Moore is obviously an option at the, at the coaching position. 
At least we'd hope so. He's probably going to become a head coach somewhere. Offensive-minded, of course. Dallas Cowboys helped uh, beat the <laughs> helped beat the Vikings in U.S. Bank Stadium with uh, Cooper Rush at quarterback. My goodness, I mean that was uh, that was the beginning of the end, the true beginning of the end uh, during this season. Again, you can argue though as far back as uh, I was saying that uh, Mike Zimmer's beginning of the end was 2016 when he called his offensive line soft. That was like the first time when you thought, what was that? 2016 is like, Zimmer changed. He changed a bit. Uh, 15 was fun. 14 was fun. And then 16, it's like, huh. He, he just kind of had an attitude from the get-go. It was weird. Uh, was it like Teddy Bridgewater had like a sore shoulder or something? And Spielman just had a, or Spielman, uh, Zimmer had like a weird attitude about it. And it was, he was different. And he's been, he's pretty much been different ever since. Looks like uh, <laughs> the local media and Zimmer, it's been a relationship that's deteriorated for many, many years. So I'm not that I would be a fan of the local media either. Part of me, that was a uh, sneezing fit. Thank God for the dump button, we'll call it the little, <laughs> yeah, we'll call it the dump button. Um, but yeah, it, it is what it is. I'm not a huge fan of the local media either, but for different reasons. I'd probably be more likely to answer football questions than, than he would. Uh, political questions to them? Given the way they see the world and, the, and uh, their attitude about it, I yeah, I wouldn't be a nice guy. <laughs> I'd, I'd be pretty Zimmer-like, too, about that. But let's go back where we need to be. Obviously, just the Spielman era was checkered, obviously. And he reminds me, as I keep saying, I've mentioned this probably 20 times already. He reminds me of Chuck Fletcher with the Minnesota Wild, where he'll pick certain players, certain players will hit, they'll be all right. Nobody really ever becomes a star, uh, except for a couple, just a few exceptions. And obviously football, guys are much more likely to make it to the, to the professional level. In hockey, a lot of guys rot over uh, rot in the minor leagues or overseas. Not necessarily rot, but you get the idea. They don't make it to the NHL. They end up maybe playing in some, like, you know, junior league or uh, semi-professional league uh, overseas. Or they wind up in the ECHL or AC, uh, a- <laughs> AHL for most of their career. And don't make it right. NFL, most of them at least play snaps in the NFL all the way down. Most of them do. So there's more of, and it's obviously a much larger roster. Uh, so there's more demand, more expectation that players make it in the league. Uh, obviously, a lot of players didn't make it. And then you had an occasional star here and there like Daniel Hunter, which was a wonderful addition <clears throat> and such. But obviously, the quarterback position and offensive line has been an utter failure for the most part, with the exception of Teddy Bridgewater's uh, catastrophic knee injury. What would have been there? Who knows? I'm thinking both of them would probably still be employed. Pot? Well, maybe not, though, but possibly. There's a, there's a chance both of them would still be employed if Teddy Bridgewater never got injured, depending on how Teddy Bridgewater's career uh, progressed. I do think there'd be a lot of the same annoying tendencies, but we wouldn't have the terrible, terrible cap situation that completely strapped us, so we were unable to make a free agent standing of an offensive lineman. Or something like that. Defensive lineman. <laughs> Somebody on the line because the game's won in the trenches in a lot of ways, other than the quarterback position. But at the end of the day, the news does come as a big surprise that Rick Spielman is gone. So a lot of us feel a lot better. So it's going to be a complete change in philosophy now. And hopefully somebody that can, uh, you know, just hit better on picks and not trade down just to get more picks in the 6th and 7th round, which I don't think really helped this franchise at all. I think it was ridiculous. And obviously can identify better talent at the offensive line and the quarterback position especially. Uh, other coaching candidates would include Doug Peterson, which I'm in favor of. 
I would be in favor of Doug Peterson coaching this team. He won a Super Bowl. He made us look like fools, unfortunately. But uh, Frank Reich was a big part of that as well. He did a hell of a job. And that's why uh, Carson Wentz went to Indianapolis because, you know, Frank Reich was the offensive coordinator with Doug Peterson. But I do think Peterson is an option. I think he'd be an interesting choice. He's been interviewed throughout the league. Uh, Byron Lefkowitz, you know, I mean, I, most of these guys, I wouldn't complain. I wouldn't be like, ugh. If it's some unknown, like, out-of-nowhere type of play, uh, coach, who knows? Maybe he's the next Matt LaFleur. Because I, I didn't know what Matt LaFleur was. Other people did. I didn't. I did not. Um, obviously, I knew who Shanahan was. <laughs> McVeigh, I knew a little bit. Uh, so, it just kind of is what it is there. So, <laughs> it is what it is. Um, that's the hope, though, that the Vikings can get uh, the right guy. Obviously, it's going to be an offensive-minded coach. Is it going to be a veteran is it going to be a young guy? Uh, is it, It's not going to be John Filippo, I'm sure, because he hasn't worked out anywhere. Probably just a little bit too much, too full of himself. He wasn't a good fit with probably with any organization. It seemed like everywhere he went, he's been a failure. So it is what it is. He was definitely well thought of when he came here. And that only lasted 13 games. Zimmer actually made the right move there. That was a case where Zimmer actually did a... He, he did something good for the franchise there. Norv Turner suddenly resigning was a bit stunning. But Pat Shermer actually, you could argue, was an upgrade from Norv Turner. Uh, in some ways, anyway. Shermer, I thought, did a wonderful job, generally speaking. And I don't think too many people would disagree with that. Stefanski was pretty good. Uh, he was awesome last year with Cleveland. And he, he went from basically a coach of the year to a guy that people were probably hoping he gets let go at the end of the offseason. I know Vince Germano wants that. Uh, but I, I'm not sure if I go that far right away. Eric Bianami, who's had a lot of success, he's also another more veteran guy who apparently has had issues with, he's, he's, he's blunt like Mike Zimmer, a little bit hard, so maybe we don't go in that direction for that reason. It's unfortunate, but that's how it is. Another guy with no filter, this and that, but Eric Bianami, wonderful success. And I don't think it would be because of uh, it would be because of like race issues or anything that we wouldn't hire him. I, I don't think the Wolves are racist and they're not going to hire a minority. I don't believe that. But um, I honestly think that's a bit overblown. But I guess you never know. I guess you never know in the in any world. You never know what's really on the hearts and minds of people. So I guess that's their business. At the end of the day, um, Byron Lefkowitz. I mentioned him already. It's not going to be Matt Nagy either. I'm sure he's, he's maybe going to be a coordinator somewhere. He's been let go. The uh, pace has been let go as well, the general manager of Chicago. So Minnesota and Chicago starting all over. Detroit's going to stick with what they have at the moment. I don't think they're going to fire Dan Campbell after one season. Hey, they beat the Packers. They beat the Packers in a meaningless game where the Packers already got the number one seed. So, yeah, well, you know, Dan Campbell got another win. I'm happy for Dan Campbell. I, I kind of like him. He's no genius or anything, but I kind of like him. <laughs> I don't know. I just kind of do for some reason. Seems like a good guy, actually, to be quite honest. Like, <laughs> I like his honesty, and it's more of a fun kind of honesty. It's not a, like, well, I didn't play him because he sucks. That kind of, you know, that's not always a good thing. Even though I, I kind of like that too sometimes, but it's not good. It's not good for, for uh, a locker room atmosphere at the end of the day. But with that said, we'll have more talking about this in the future. I think I'm going to save... No, I actually could get to some of the conversation on Facebook right now. Let's see if it's there. I don't think there's any new tweets. There might be. I'll, I'll check just in case. I uh, guess we'll see this. Uh, Mad Martin says, find the GM who can identify quarterback talent, and we are good to go. Easy, easy, right? And then he's laughing. Pretty much. 
Um, Mad Martin. Nope, that's the last one. Uh, Malcolm McSween was saying that uh, Justin Herbert's his favorite player in the NFL. Yeah, because I was saying he's definitely a franchise quarterback. When will it be our turn? Yep, and Phil Mackey liked that. I was responding to Phil Mackey there. Uh, I think that's it for Twitter as we're kind of updating the... <laughs> yeah, I'm reading... Yeah, it's like I'm in the future now before fan interaction later on, which is annoying for some of you, I'm sure. Uh, and I'll probably get back to this later. Shelby Lund was saying how it's a long time in coming on the firing. And Josh Mayer-Henry out of Colorado says, Zim had to go. Spielman I'm a little on the fence about. We have drafted some really good players over the years, but haven't got offensive line upgrades or a franchise quarterback, so I get the move. Just heard Miami fired Flores. He wouldn't be a bad choice with our talent. So, yeah, I mean, that's another one. Yeah, Miami fired Flores, too. Yep, that was the other firing on Black Monday so far. So Minnesota, Chicago, and Miami have made the firings thus far on Black Monday. Of course, again, um, Minnesota and Chicago fire both general manager and coach at the end of the day. So uh, nobody's really disappointed about that, to be quite fair. Let's hear from Mad Martin right now. I'm going to play it live which might annoy some of you. I hope the uh, audio isn't bad. It's just for the sake of organization here because editing is going to be really tough if I, if I try to throw that in again. I'm just going to leave that as is because, you know, Audacity has changed over the years and it's gotten a little bit more complicated, to be quite honest. So here's Mad Martin, Northern Scotland, after the Chicago game. Good morning, Joey and the Purple Faithful. Well, here we are. It's Black Monday. It's... Uh... About 10 o'clock local here in the UK, which is about 4 a.m. Midwestern time. So no news on the demise of Zimmer yet. Now, I don't take a great deal of enjoyment in watching somebody get fired. Uh, But ultimately, if you don't succeed in the job you're doing, then so be it. And after watching last night, and yeah, we won, big deal. You know, pointless game. (laughs) affects our draft position but then again if Spillman's drafting <laughs> as we know he'd probably draft back anyway yep. pick up multiple seventh rounders <laughs> but it, it really encapsulated much of this season the first half was insipid the offence couldn't get going defence did I suppose okay but it was it was horrible and then, and then they came to life in the second half and it's like I just don't get it. This has been the MO for far too long. A team that narrowly scrapes out wins or narrowly loses. And there's there's no enjoyment. There's no fun. Watching this team this season, whether it be 6pm, 9pm or or 1.40am in the morning, you're kind of sitting... Okay, sorry, pausing it. And they are. That's because he's, uh, again, Northern Scotland. So that's why you notice the timing is like, what? Wow, it's that far? Yeah, one in the morning. Yeah, not easy. Yeah, they were talking over the pond, across the pond. So I'll get back in again. So I'll pause occasionally to maybe comment him on something. So that way, that's how I'll handle this one. And, and you don't expect much. I didn't expect much this season. That They've pretty much either. hit my expectations, which was eight and nine. Exactly where I thought they'd end. And they achieved that. You nailed it. But what really bugged me last night, besides the victory and the fact that they didn't play a lot of the, a lot of the kids, and you had a wide receiver that was attempting to break a team record, and you don't even attempt in that last few minutes when you've already run the game to give that guy 
that opportunity. I think it's totally disgusting and, and totally reflects the Zimmer era. He's not a coach's team. He's not a player's coach. Nope. And that's incredibly sad. I suppose you could argue that perhaps if JJ had been targeted in the Baltimore game more or, or the Dallas game hadn't been... Or if, or if Justin Jefferson was a, was a defensive back, maybe he would have treated him a little differently. <laughs> That's a possibility as well. So disgusting. Um, we wouldn't even be talking about this record now. He would have achieved it probably by week 15. Yes. Yeah. He hasn't. I know yeah. that's sad. But anyway, let's get back to where we are. A team. We were tweeting between each other last night about the fact that, um, mm-hmm. you know, I miss exciting football. I, yeah. I miss that sort of Burns, Stroke Green era where we had an offence that put up big numbers and it was it was in, it was enjoyable to watch. It was entertaining. And what we've seen in the past well, I could go back the past four okay, let's go back the past four years under Kirk Cousins. It's been insipid. Yes. <laughs> There's been the odd game where you think that was fun, but most of the time it's like you sit there and you think, Why the hell am I wasting my time watching this team? Believe me, yeah. no joy mm-hmm. whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I've had that now, feeling. <laughs> I hope that the Wilfs make the right decision and make a clean sweep. Get rid of them. Get rid of Spillman, basically. He's had a decade as GM. And if, if we're talking about the most important spot on the team, which is obviously the quarterback, he's hit and missed numerous times. Whether you, we could go back to Ponder and go from there. He's not achieved the goal that the GM should be doing. Two playoff wins in a decade. Surely that is not good enough. Not for a team that the Wilsons invested so much money in. It's not good enough. Um, I just look across him, Wisconsin, and the Packers, who have mm. in 30 years. <laughs> Hit on the quarterback spot twice. Twice. Okay, maybe there's a degree of luck in that. But that's what you need. And when you're constantly attempting to achieve that goal and you're failing dismally, it's not good enough. It's time It's time no. for them both to go. Um, and I hope the wheels don't boot Slick Rick upstairs um, because he really should have his fingers totally off roster construction from now on. And if we're talking about keeping jobs, who hired Zimmer? Who hired Kirk Cousins? Mm-hmm. Zimmer clearly didn't want Cousins. He had a vision of how he wanted to construct a roster and win, which was clearly defensively. Mm-hmm. So Cousins comes in on a ridiculous contract for a, a player that I think... Current stats are what? 61, 62, and 2. Mm. Player that is average. Yeah. Think about that, though. Yeah. I mean, exactly. You really hit a uh, major thing there. And that's how he was in Washington, Kirk Cousins. And people complain, can complain or, or say, oh, well, look what he had around him. Yeah, exactly. Look what he had around him. Uh huh. Gee, that was a terrible, terrible group of players. So, yeah, I mean, you're absolutely uh, on, on the ball. You are on point with that. I mean, it's that's what he is. Mediocrity. 500. He's a top 10 quarterback. No, he's not. He's maybe 15th. He's maybe 15th. And then you have Kirk Tober. But then, oh, guess what? Here comes December. 
and January. Guess what happens in December, January? Not enough. I'll continue. Sorry. You can make great throws, but he hasn't yeah. got it upstairs when Amen. it comes to those critical moments where you need to make the right decision. He goes into his shell. He melts down. Who's yep. that on? It's not on Zimmer, is it? Done. Simple as that. It's on Slick Rick. Mm-hmm. So Rick brought a bloody quarterback in on a crazy cap number, mm. which handcuffed the team completely when it comes to building your roster. Think you have a defensive minded coach who wants to win on defence, <laughs> who's unable to get probably the players he wants because the money has been burnt on a quarterback that is 500 or below. So if anything, Rick should be gone. Yep. ASAP as well. <sighs> Dear, it's, it's, I, I think the, the word that we've used over the last probably three or four years when we talk about this team most is frustrating. Frustration. Yes. <sighs> right. I'm, I'm going to clear off. I, there's plenty I could say again, but um, I imagine in your podcast, whenever you put it out, you'll probably say most of what I'm thinking quite you know, now. Um, maybe. Happy New Year, everybody. <laughs> maybe. Maybe you have even more, but... Um, let's hope yep. that as the off-season progresses, the moves are made to start putting in solid foundations for yeah. a team that will win a championship in the next five years. I turn 56 Think about it, um, yeah. in mm-hmm. a month. Mm-hmm. I'm still waiting Think about for that. this team to hold up the banner and win the championship. Yeah. I really don't want to be waiting 10 years from now. If I'm still around in 10 years. Um, Anyway, Jay, again, thanks for everything you do. Love the podcast always. Um, And to everybody, hopefully a safe, prosperous new year. And I will come back as this uh, off-season progresses. Skull brothers and sisters. And we love you too. Absolutely, we love you, Mad Martin, Dave Martin, out of Northern Scotland. Yep, and thankfully they did make the move. Now, are they going to hire the right guys? Are they going to hire the right general manager that will in turn hire the right coach and, of course, draft and develop the right quarterback of the future? Kirk Cousins, is he, is he going to be a temporary stopgap at only $45 million cap hit? I don't think so, um, but they got to be able to find a suitor for Kirk Cousins to be able to do that. Obviously, guaranteed contracts suck. And giving a guaranteed contract to a guy like that, that's the ultimate undoing of Rick Sealman. It has to be. Like you were saying, how, again, that's, you know, he doesn't have it upstairs, this and that. But again, the $45 million cap hit, $30 million guaranteed, even at the beginning of the contract, you're, you're too strapped. And Mike Zimmer warned about that back in 2018, and he was right. Mike Zimmer was right. He might be terrible in terms of how one-sided he is. Obviously, Dennis Green was terrible with how one-sided he was on defense, Uh Jeez, was it? I mean, I honestly feel that we've had two two true head coaches on this franchise, and that would be uh, Bud Grant and Jerry Burns. Obviously, Norvang Blockland was not a good coach either, because well, <laughs> for anybody to complain that Fran Tarkington's scrambling around and he's just stand there and eat the ball, like Tarkington said, obviously not a good coach either, because Tarkington went to multiple Super Bowls, he didn't win any, which sucks, but he was the best pass, he was the best quarterback of all time. Until guys like Marino, Montana, you know, Brett Favre, Drew Brees, all them, you know, took over. And the quarterback position became more and more prominent. 
but uh, wonderful, wonderful call, and thank you again, and keep them coming. And yeah, just say as much as you like. Obviously, nice, long, strong, long and strong call. And thank you so much, uh, Dave Martin, Mad Martin. Keep them coming. Obviously, you're going to be a massive star candidate. As uh, yep, <laughs> you'll you'll hear about that at the end of fan interaction at the end of the show. Much, much longer from now. This is a massive, massive show for obvious reasons. So many things to talk about. Now I still got to talk about the playoffs. Got to talk about the playoffs. Non-Viking related. Ah, oh, jeez. Well, yeah, we got to get into it. We'll be right back. We are back here on Purple Mafia. This is the real segment number two now. This time it is segment two. And we are going to talk about the playoffs. We'll see how long this goes. I don't know. But, uh, well, hopefully you enjoy it. Obviously, I love playoff football. That's the best part about January's playoff football. January, February, otherwise it would be boring and depressing because it's, you know, there's just, you know, there's not much else going on, obviously. I mean, of course you like hockey and basketball as long as the games aren't postponed due to this and that. Due to somebody sneezing or something, we got to postpone three months of sports again. But I'm just, I'm just being a an, an ass. I apologize. Um, so Green Bay is the number one seed in the NFC. Uh, woo hoo hoo! Yay! <laughs> but actually, I kinda, I'll leave that alone. Tennessee, <laughs> I kind of like the team. I just don't like the franchise. I don't like the. I don't like the team. I mean, I like the construction. I like the the group. I like the fact that they, uh, well, they know how to win. I, I I respect that. Tennessee, great job. Mike Rabel, amazing job. We'll see what they can do. Are they going to protect everything? Very impressive what they were able to accomplish, despite losing uh, their star quarterback, the best quarterback or their star running back the best running back in the NFL, even better than Dalvin Cook. Again, Kansas City beat, I'll just kind of go over the scores super fast and then get on with it here. Just to wrap it up, I'm not going to go over the games uh, except maybe the very final one a little bit because it was like a playoff game. Kansas City, 28-24 to over Denver, and Denver also firing their coach yesterday, Vic Fangio. Will he be a Minnesota Vikings defensive coordinator? Who knows? Where the decisions are going to be made now. And the whole thought of, uh, again, Rick Spielman getting fired, there was an indication there was going to be a new GM one way or another because they were actually, them being the Wilfs, were looking into uh, general manager candidates uh, a, a good month ago already. So that conversation was out there. They were kind of feeling around the league like something was up. They'd already made a decision that he wasn't going to be the GM anymore. It was a matter of would he be, him being Spielman, be moving into a different position. No, he's gone. Dallas, 51-26 to over Philadelphia, who had already made the postseason. Dallas having a little fun. Their second 50-point game in, in three weeks. Pretty impressive. Cleveland over Cincinnati, who was kind of just like, what the hell, let's get out of here, let's not have some freak injury. And Cleveland, 8-9, and nine. congratulations, just like us. Yes! <sighs> Detroit over Green Bay, pretty funny. Obviously, Green Bay had already sealed up the number one seed. To think they would have won 14 games this year. If not for, uh, you know, like, just kind of like being too far ahead and just saying, ah, hell with it. Kind of like the 49ers in 94. Though, we'll, we'll see. 49ers went on to win the Super Bowl that year. We'll see what happens. Washington Capitals. No, the Washington W's. 22-7 to over New York Giants. <sighs> hmm. 
Indianapolis misses the playoffs. They lose 26-11 to Jacksonville. The Jacks to Harold Belville and the Jacksonville Jaguars. We'll see who their new coach is going to be. Pittsburgh <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers. This might be the end of Harbaugh, maybe, because the way things ended here. Pittsburgh Steelers get to OT and win the game, and Ben Roethlisberger's uh, career will extend at least one more week. It's probably over, though. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, ben Roethlisberger will play at least one more game. And it's a, it's a matchup that's occurred quite a few times in the postseason. Ball, Baltimore just, I don't know what the heck, man. What happened to Baltimore? They just, comp- they, they were super good. Like two months ago, I was like, Baltimore is a legit contender. Like number one seed, good. Like, you know, where Tennessee is right now. That's where Baltimore should have been, I thought. Nope. <laughs> they, they just, they just died. Uh, Tennessee over Houston, 28 to 25, barely gets it. Man, they almost blew that. But Houston, obviously, with Dylan Mills, who may have, uh, hell with it. I'm kind of glad the Vikings didn't take him. You know why? Spielman might still be the GM. But then again, no, he wouldn't, because Dylan Mills would never see the light of day either. So what the hell am I talking about? Uh, I, I apologize. New Orleans over Atlanta, they, they stayed alive. They stayed in playoff position all the way to the bitter end until ultimately they were eliminated with the uh, San Francisco victory. Congratulations, 49ers, taking... Uh, taking <laughs> Taking things into their own hands there. Good job. Buffalo over the New York Jets, solidifying their playoff seed of number three, finishing with 11 wins. So Buffalo, four wins in a row. What a streaky club. But, hey, if they get streaky at the right time, Super Bowl, baby. Super Bowl, homeboy. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if they're going to get past Tennessee or KC, but we'll get back to that. Will I stick to my pick? Will I stick to it? We'll see. Uh, San Francisco over the Los Angeles Rams, solidifying the number six seed in the NFC. Congratulations, San Francisco, clinching the playoffs. Wherever the heck they are, ten and seven—that's what I thought. They have solid season. We'll see what happens. Jimmy Garoppolo, future Vikings quarterback, maybe, maybe not. Arizona. Uh, where am I? Where the heck am I? Yeah, uh, Miami over New England. New England still makes the playoffs, but has a sixteen. Miami beats New England again, but of course they fire their coach. Seattle over Arizona, are they going to move on from Pete Carroll? I wouldn't be surprised, but we'll see. Arizona winds up with the fifth seed. They will, yeah, we'll get to that in 10 seconds here. Tampa Bay finishes with an unbelievably great record, but we're unable to catch Green Bay. It was already over. Green Bay had already clinched the number one seed, but Tampa finishes with the same record of 13-4. and four. Tampa, let's see. Are they going to go back-to-back in Las Vegas over the Las, Las Vegas over Los Angeles Clippers last night? Los Angeles Clippers, Los Angeles Chargers last night. In, an, in a very epic back-and-forth game. Looked like Vegas had it. Chargers, unbelievable comeback. Um, Justin Herbert converting on five. That's right, five fourth-down conversions. Some of them, some of the way he got to the fourth-down wasn't the prettiest thing ever, but Vegas was so aggressive and so tough. But Las Vegas, we'll see what happens. Honoring John Madden, getting to the postseason after such a weird year. They started really strong. They dropped down into the doldrums of hell. Um, obviously, and then of course Gruden was fired at some point during during October there for emails he sent 12 years ago. Right, email. Yeah, but I mean, obviously, again, it is what it is. They'll let you decide on that. <laughs> I report, you decide. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. I don't even mean it that way. I uh, comment, and you, we, we all decide on our own private way, I guess, or sometimes public. Let's get to the actual seedings and everything. Tennessee, number one seed. And the only team in the AFC with the bye, because they changed that rule and added the seventh team. Woohoo! Kansas City will host the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm not sure the exact time. That's the wild card in 
That will be Sunday the 16th on NBC. That's a Sunday night football game. Cool. At Arrowhead, Pittsburgh, Kansas City will win the game most likely. Buddy Johnson, injured reserve. Presley Harvin, questionable. Kendrick Green, questionable. We'll see if this even changes. This is probably from last week, though. But, uh, gosh, Achilles for Jody Fortune. No no huge names. Kansas City, obviously, statistics way up in the top five with all their uh, offense, except for rushing, which is still respectable. 16th. Pittsburgh's in the 20s everywhere, except for passing yards per game. Yay. Um, they rely on some defense, and they uh, and obviously they have the best, uh, <laughs> what is it, T.J. Watt, not J.J., but T.J. Watt, yeah, with 22.5 sacks on the season, 55, number one in the NFL, Pittsburgh Steelers. They will. That's what beat Patrick Mahomes last year, that pass rush from Tampa. So if the offensive line blows it, and you know, if the offensive line is not ready to play, for the Kansas City Chiefs, maybe they maybe they do win the Pittsburgh Steelers, but I doubt it. I think Kansas City wins that game comfortably, unfortunately. And Ben Roethlisberger is off into the sunset. Buffalo Bills hosting the New York, New England Patriots, old bitter rivals from way back in the day. So Saturday night on Saturday night <laughs> and CBS. This is just I can't wait. I, I love I love it. Wild super wild card they call it now. There's even a Monday night game. Can you believe that? A Monday night game in the playoffs. That's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. And then you get to the division round next week, uh, the week after next part of me. Nick Folk, questionable with the knee. That's the kicker for the Patriots. That's interesting. Emmanuel Sanders was doubtful with the knee. We'll see if he's healthy, ready to go. That's Buffalo, of course. Damian Harris, running back, was questionable. Hamstring. Christian Barmore, questionable with the knee. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> The oh, obviously an old, old bitter rivalry for many years, back and forth. Who's going to win the division? You know, I'm kidding. <laughs> for so long, it was New England. It was like every year, but Buffalo ends up getting it. Thankfully, at the end of the day, as much as I like, I love up, I love the Patriots, but I'm happy for Buffalo as well. Josh Allen through all the weird up and down season that he's been through has thrown uh, wound up with 36 touchdowns and 15 interceptions. What a weird season. But when he's been at his best, he's been unbelievable, to be quite fair. 4,407 yards, Mac Jones, 22 touchdowns, 13 INTs. So we get the rookie quarterback going up against Josh Allen, who's emerged nicely. Was once thought of as an MVP candidate. We'll see what happens. Stephon Diggs with 1,225 yards. Jacoby Myers leads the club with 866 in New England. I'm getting a little too statistically here, and I apologize. Um, both clubs really good at getting turnovers at the interceptions. Patriots have been great about that, and that could be the undoing of the Buffalo Bills next Saturday night. Uh, second in the league, but Buffalo's third, so they're kind of right on top of each other there. Total yards against per game. Buffalo's number one in the league, passing yards against number one in the league. 13th in rushing yards against points. Wow, that's unbelievable. Points against per game. They're one and two. So it's going to be a low-scoring defensive black-and-blue game, and their uniforms and their color scheme is a lot of that bruised and blood look. So it's going to be very interesting. Probably a cold day in Buffalo, cold night in Buffalo, Highmark Stadium. I do believe, man, I don't know. It's This one's almost impossible to pick. <laughs> the history is obviously what it is. Um, Buffalo is the better team, but, I mean, Bill Belichick, though, you know, but Bill Belichick, he's fantastic. I would not be surprised if the Buffalo Bills do not win that game. But they should. Ooh, I'll go with Buffalo. I will go with Buffalo. I will go with the Buffalo Bills. 
as that would mean they will head to Kansas City next week, which is a rematch of the AFC Championship, of course, because the higher seed goes to the lower seed. Kansas City is the number two, which is going to make things real tough for uh, Buffalo, I think, unfortunately. Cincinnati, Las Vegas, the winner of that will probably wind up in Tennessee, Tennessee, Cincinnati, Las Vegas. Cincinnati has not won a playoff game since 1988. Las Vegas Raiders have been all over the place. They're up and down. They seem to be on a bit of a mission. I can't pick Cincinnati to win a playoff game anymore. Just go out and do it, Cincinnati. That's all I got to say. Las Vegas wins and heads to Tennessee. So Kansas City hosts Buffalo, Tennessee hosts the Las Vegas Raiders. The Las Vegas Raiders. Um, I got a weird feeling about all these freaking Chiefs. I don't want them to win, but I think they will beat Buffalo. I think they go back to the AFC title game. Tennessee, Las Vegas. It's probably going to be one versus two here, unless Vegas has some kind of miracle run in them. And they're the most likely team to probably go on a miracle run because of the whole John Madden thing. And there's just, there's a good vibe there. And they might end up keeping their current coach. They might not be Jim Harbaugh or anybody else. John Harbaugh might be in trouble in Baltimore. Maybe he'll come to Minnesota. Maybe. Maybe he'll be an option. And I would not complain if John Harbaugh was coach of the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, he's he's a pretty good guy, you know, at the end of the day. And he loves his quarterback. Uh, imagine him coming here and helping uh, develop a quarterback in Minnesota. I would not mind John Harbaugh, coach of the Vikings. John, Johnny Boy, coaching the Minnesota Vikings. That would be somebody I would strongly consider. Um, a rare a rare situation where a special teams coordinator becomes head coach of a club. So we'll see. Las Vegas and Tennessee, I'm kind of all over the place. But I do think the Titans win that game in a close battle. Winning attitude and all that good stuff. <sighs> At the end of the day... But I got a feeling the Chiefs return to their third straight Super Bowl. I got a feeling that they're going to go back to the Super Bowl again. I would love to see Tennessee do it, just for the sake of, like, it would be a good story. It would be cool. Mike Vrabel, and he's a former Patriot and all that. Finally, somebody that came from the uh, the tree of uh, Bill Belichick that's actually been successful. Seems like everybody over there has just died. <laughs> but I do think Kansas City goes to the Super Bowl. You can tell I'm thrilled. Number one in the NFC, we all know who it is. It's Green Bay Packers. Now I'm clicking on this extra tab here. Actually, a whole extra window, which I did not want to do at all. It just, I completely closed it, didn't I? Oh, good job, Joe. Thankfully, I can get that fixed pretty quickly. I apologize for that. But yeah, Green Bay is the number one seed, which is extremely exciting, right? Timber Bay will be the number two. Is there any more firings? Huh. Yeah, they're talking about how... Uh, yeah, let's move on. Yeah, if the Chargers finished in a tie, yeah, who cares? Let's just move on. And it's too bad. Yeah, they would have both made it and Pittsburgh would have missed. Uh, let's get this back up again if I could. I had it, and that's all I have to do is click. Okay, Tampa Bay is number two. They will be hosting the Philadelphia Eagles. Philadelphia Eagles. Philadelphia Eagles! Sunday at noon. It's the nooner. It's the early Sunday game, which will be a lot of fun. Tampa should win comfortably. And if they don't, well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but they should. They've definitely been struggling, even though they're 4-1 and one in their last five. They did get shut out by New Orleans, which is weird. And Carolina sucks. The Jets suck. Uh, they barely beat the Jets. Barely beat the Jets. Carolina just sucks. Um, they beat Carolina twice, did Tampa. 32-6 to six, uh, two weeks ago. Three weeks ago, pardon me. Right, right after Christmas. I can't believe it's been that long already. Uh, Eagles won their last four before, had won four in a row before getting demolished by Dallas because they'd already made the playoffs. They're like, hell with it. They're the number one rushing team in the NFL are the Eagles. Big shocker here. Are you ready for the shock? Huge shocker, right? The number one passing team in the league, Tampa Bay. 
Yep, Tampa. That's right. Ah, shock, right? <laughs> I, I don't want to call him the Lance Armstrong of the NFL because I don't want anything. I don't, I don't want to find out anything bad there. 5,316 yards at age 44. How? And then he threw for 43 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. How? That's Tom Brady. How? I don't get it. Jalen Hurts is very interesting. Obviously, a hell of an athlete. Your quarterback is your leading rusher, and it just shows how committees and all that can end up being pretty dangerous when it comes to the running game. It, it, it can work. You don't have to have a number one guy to be successful. Look at look at the Tennessee Titans. They're, they're getting it done, and they might win the Super Bowl this year. Tennessee could win the Super Bowl. Uh, again, 784 is your leading rusher, yet you have the number one running offense in the NFL. So that's where Philadelphia is successful, and of course they can be a pain in the butt to deal with at times. Well, Ronald Jones, yep, the ankle injury. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird situation. Yeah, Tampa just keeps winning anyway. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Tampa should beat the Eagles comfortably at the end of the day. They should, and they'll be ready to host the divisional round in route, uh, hopefully, in their case, to the NFC Championship game in Green Bay again. Might be a rematch, and I would not be surprised at all. Now this thing is not cooperating with me. Dallas Cowboys hosting the San Francisco 49ers, one of the most classic rivalries in NFL history. Dallas-San Francisco. 1980s, or the really early 80s in the NFC title game, and then the late, the late, uh, well, not the late 80s, but the early 90s. It was a lot of fun. Unfortunately, Dallas won most of those, which was annoying. I hate the Cowboys, but uh, and I really hated them then, much more than now. Loved San Francisco then. I, I like them now. I don't love them like I did back then. Because, I mean, you're talking Montana and, and Young, and all, oh my god, the, both, both eras were wonderful. I just, I love San Francisco's. <laughs> I love San Francisco's history and love their uniforms, their logo, everything. Everything about that gold helmet with that beautiful red, like, sticker. Oh, man. I like San Francisco, if you can't tell. I mean, I just, I, I love the history. Dallas is number one in the NFL in points, yards, <laughs> points and yards. Unbelievable. Three, 416 yards. And, of course, the number one in points when they score 50, like, twice. It's pretty impressive. Passing yards third in the league. San Francisco is kind of in the middle everywhere. Total yards, they're eighth, which is okay. Um, San Francisco's defense is their number one calling. Uh, number three in the league in, in yards allowed. Passing yards sixth, rushing yards seventh. Dallas is pretty mediocre defensively, but they score a lot. They're kind of like a barn burner type of club. But one funny thing with Dallas, thanks to uh, Trevon Diggs, they are number one in the NFL in interceptions with 26. Whoa, that's insane. Trevon Diggs is the interception machine. So if Garoppolo gets flustered, which he probably will, the uh, Cowboys end up winning comfortably over the 49ers. Maybe it'll be close, maybe. But if San Francisco's defense is hopefully going to get it done. But Dallas, it's kind of like a gambling defense that'll get, that'll get beat. Bend but don't break. That kind of BS that we've heard forever. Bend but don't break. Right, yeah, well, it broke too much. Matt Patricia's defense for the uh, Patriots, which cost them a Super Bowl against the Eagles. Um... In downtown Minneapolis, no less. <laughs> Dallas Cowboys, they should win the game. I don't want them to. I want San Francisco badly. But uh, maybe it'll be Kirk Cousins' new team. Please, please, Shanahan, take Kirk Cousins off our hands. I'll take Garoppolo back. He's not as expensive. He'd be uh, he'd be a bridge quarterback, and uh, somebody developing is it Kellen Mond or a quarterback du jour coming out of uh, this year's draft. One way or another, we're going to find him and we're going to get you, get you, get you, get you. But Dallas, unfortunately, is going to get the 49ers. I don't want that to happen, but they probably will. They look pretty damn good. Don't be surprised if Dallas gets upset, but I don't think they get too much further 
after that. So fret not, fret not. <laughs> Dallas would have to Tampa. No, Dallas is not beating Tampa, but we'll get back to that. Arizona and the Los Angeles Rams. Wow, they get to play each other again. The classic back-and-forth division matchups in the postseason. That's kind of fun. I kind of like it. Cooper Cup looked on as about as valuable as there is in the NFL. He's a he's a real shot at winning the MVP. Man, 1947? How does that even happen? Those are yards. That's not a year. Those are yards for a receiver. Receiver slash tight end. I don't even know how that happens. Uh, LA's got choke ability written all over them, but obviously there's insane talent there. Sony Michelle won multiple Super Bowls with the Patriots. But a bunch of injuries and sad situations with the Arizona, like losing Max Williams for the year and all that. Concussion for Kylie Fitz. Zeke Turner, injured reserve of the shoulder a long time ago. But uh, again, Los Angeles has had all kinds of issues as well. Both clubs kind of hovering around the middle, and in some cases top 10 with yards. They're both in the top 10 in yards. Arizona's actually a little ahead, but uh, L.A. better uh, passing yards. And Arizona, the rushing yards, there's just not much of a rushing game in Los Angeles. They really count on Matthew Stafford, which could cost them because he has thrown 17 interceptions this year. And Viking fans noticed the interceptions, and they still lost the game. The Vikings with all those interceptions thrown by Stafford. Terrible game. 25th in the league in rushing, only 99 yards a game. Third in the league with interceptions, though, is L.A. They have a, a defense that can get it done. They're third in sacks and third in interceptions. Unfortunately, I think the, the Rams do beat the, uh, I think they beat the Arizona Cardinals. I'm kind of going boring here in the NFC with all the home teams winning. It's kind of boring. I, I'll probably be wrong. Maybe Arizona pulls it off. Okay, I'm going to be gutty. Arizona wins. Arizona defeats the Los Angeles Rams. Arizona defeats the Los Angeles Rams. They did it earlier this year in SoFi, and I think they do it again. Arizona beats the Rams after uh, the Rams beat Arizona earlier in the season in Arizona, which was really annoying. Arizona's going to get the job done on the road and beat the Rams, so I will have a road victory, not just for the sake of it, but I got a feeling, and LA's got choke ability written all over him. Uh, so... It is what it is. Arizona will head to Green Bay, Wisconsin. Tampa Bay heads to uh, Dallas. Heads to Tampa Bay, pardon me. Tampa Bay not having to win road games like they did last year. Tampa Bay was definitely definitely an underdog last year, but not really, with considering who their quarterback was and is. Green Bay will win over the Arizona Cardinals, unfortunately, and they return to the NFC title game for a third year in a row. Tampa Bay will beat the Dallas Cowboys, and it'll be a rematch. It'll be a rematch between the Bays. The Battle of the Bays. The Battle of the Bays. Will it be a rematch of the Super Bowl? Well, as long as... Yeah, I'm not even going to get into it. But, well, yeah, as long as health and safety protocols don't get in the way one way or another. And, I'm, yeah, I'm just... I'm not big on all that craziness, shutting everything down. The way it usually ends up... But I suppose it can happen one way or another. How Green Bay kept beating San Francisco years ago in the playoffs. And how, uh, you know, just some sometimes just the same thing keeps happening. But um, I got a feeling this time it's Green Bay and Kansas City. That's what I've been kind of thinking about all season. I'm going to stick with it. Not all season, but the last month or so. I think it is going to be a season of destiny. And it'll be Super Bowl two replayed. Super Bowl number two replayed where the Packers won. Back in the early 60s, Bart Starr, Super Bowl II, Packers versus the Kansas City Chiefs. And I think the Packers do get the Super Bowl title this year. I don't like saying it, but I got a feeling the Green Bay Packers overcome Kansas City in the Super Bowl. The Chiefs lose their second straight Super Bowl. 
Uh, but maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe Kansas City beats Green Bay. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised one way or another who would win that, but right now I'm going to pick the Green Bay Packers to win the Super Bowl, much to everybody's chagrin, but it is what it is. I've got to be honest. Green Bay will win the Super Bowl. I've said that enough. With that said, we'll return for Fan Interaction, and it's a biggie. Zimmer just lost his shit on that interview. That was nuts. Uh, your Purple Mafia show was awesome. Loved it. Loved uh, Tanae's call in. It was all great. But yeah, I'd have to believe that that interview with Zimmer's got to be about the end, the end of the line. So hopefully, uh, haven't seen anything yet. And what is today, Tuesday? So still haven't seen. Maybe they're going to wait till after the Bears game. Who knows? But I have to believe that we're going to move on. Um, from Zimmer and hopefully Spielman and just start over. The only thing I'm in disagreement with of a 99% of most of all of you is um, the Kirk Cousins deal. No, I'm not a Kirk Cousins lover or hater. Um, did not like the contract, but I, you know, getting rid of him now, what are you going to do with the $40 million of dead cap space and who are you going to get? Like, who are we going to get that's going to be as good as him uh, for now? I still think we're going to have to go find our next, our franchise guy in the draft, which is going to be tough. I don't see a great, I don't see any outstanding quarterbacks in the draft that we can go out and get. That's um, that's going to be a slam dunk. There's, you're going to have, it's going to be uh, pick and choose and try and uh, trial and error and, um, I just don't think we have a better option right now with what the situation is uh, with his contract. I mean, my my opinion is just let him ride that out, but do not give him an extension. And we we got to go find somebody better than Kellen Mond. Apparently that was just a draft bust. Um, we're going to have to go find somebody in the draft. So um, I, I agree, too. I mean, he hasn't been a great team player. I, I get that. Um, he does throw his guys into the bus, but – but in his defense, we've had a crappy line, um, and he really has gotten beat up a lot. And honestly, our offense hasn't really been that bad the last couple of years. It's really just been the defense. And so, anyway, um, there's some candidates I like, and uh, for both general manager and head coach, but I might do a call in later on. Might do a little more studying on some of these guys, and uh, maybe you'll have some ideas on that. And. Who knows, maybe we'll have an announcement by the time the next show airs. But, uh, Joey, I appreciate it. Sorry I get behind. I don't know how you keep up like you do. We all appreciate it. Um, Skull, Purple Mafia Nation, talk to you all later. And I thank you so much for that call-in, Gerald out of Nebraska. Gerald String, thank you so much. Uh, obviously, thank you uh, for what you said about the show, that it was an awesome show and all that. And, yeah, I mean, it's some, sometimes it's tough to keep up with, but luckily... I'm not as busy as some people, especially this time of year when the lawn service is done. Luckily, Sundays are a bit more open. Sometimes I just kind of like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm able to make the time. Uh, I'm not the most social person in the world, so that's what kind of opens that door. <laughs> Otherwise, maybe then uh, never be able to do the show. But 
that's just how it is. Uh, I'm just uh, more of an antisocial nerd, I guess you can say. Um, yep, so we definitely are in lockstep about both Zimmer and Spielman need to go. I, I think so. Yep. Uh, keep checking. I keep checking as this is going here. Um, <laughs> it's to, to me, it, it's a crossroads for the franchise. It's time to move on in a lot of ways. See, the one thing when you disagree about Cousins, I mean, I kind of get that at the whole rip the Band-Aid off, and it's something I touched on in the first segment, you know, ripping the Band-Aid off. It will be tough. Um, it will be tough. There will be a withdrawal pain and such. But the problem is, are we just chasing mediocrity with uh, Kirk Cousins? His win-loss record throughout his career has been in the same place that it was here in Minnesota. And the fact we made one playoff appearance in four years, it's a big thing. And the other deal, too, the $45 million, if we let it uh, ride out, the $45 million cap hit, I get it. Like, sometimes it's safe to, it's better to just let it ride out and move on. But $45 million, I mean, it's almost like there's going to be nobody left on the roster. Uh, the hope is that, see, if you trade it, if, if you trade him, obviously his contract would go to the other team, and then you get that off the books that way. Of course, it depends on would we have to t- take anything on. But uh, generally speaking, it would probably be draft pick or two, which would be great. Um, and yes, you are ripping the Band-Aid off. But there are options at the quarterback position. Russell Wilson, I mean, he'd probably cost a pretty penny. But like a Garter Minshew, you know, kind of like when the Vikings brought in Matt Castle uh, to bridge to Teddy Bridgewater. Um, Teddy Bridgewater should have, would have, could have, should have worked out. He wouldn't have cost as much if he didn't get injured. It is what it is. He wouldn't have cost as much as Cousins, and he probably would have been a pretty good starting quarterback, and I still think he could be. Not sure if this franchise is going to go in that direction now, and especially with uh, Zimmer most likely gone. So that's how that goes. Looks like the Jaguars and the Lions are at the top of the the NFL draft. Texans third because they kept winning games. But, oh well, third pick is pretty good. Uh, There's also the former Texan quarterback, Deshaun Watson, is a possibility, but there's a lot of baggage there, of course. Uh, off the field crap that doesn't look good and he didn't play the whole season so I'm, I'm not sure where to go with that one but there's possibilities there's ideas you know uh, is Jim Harbaugh going to wind up as head coach of the Raiders that's a strong possibility so maybe Derek Carr won't be an option either um, obviously trades are, are hard to do obviously and you have to hope and pray to God that the other team wants Kirk Cousins San Francisco obviously uh, Shanahan has always liked uh, Kirk Cousins. He actually wanted him on the San Francisco 49ers once upon a time. The New York Jets, for some reason, really wanted Kirk Cousins years ago. Obviously, they were a tough competition to get Kirk Cousins in the offseason. So that's the, the conversation there. So thank you so much, Gerald. That was an awesome call. And now let's get to Mad Martin's call. Figured I'd do it this way, kind of individual. That way I'm not just letting you both play. And then I'm kind of like, uh, so what did Gerald say again? You know, that wouldn't be very nice. So uh, let's get to Mad Martin out of Northern Scotland. Ah, greetings, Joe. Wish you Happy New Year and everybody that listens to your your fabulous podcast. Not listened to the latest episode yet. Um, What can you say? Thankfully, the season's over and the pain's over. What a disgusting performance in Packerland. Um, There was zero fight. And I guess you can confirm that Sean Mannion is pretty much the worst backup quarterback in the league. Um, Terrible. Absolutely disgusting. Um... Now, there was a lot on Twitter of people going, oh, we need to put Mond in. But, um, you know, I I kind of feel that wouldn't have been fair considering that Cousins went down on Friday with COVID. So the kid wouldn't have had an opportunity to play with the first team on the two main days, i.e. the the Wednesday and the Thursday, to get all the snaps in to prepare for that game. So fair enough that Mannion went in. 
um, this week against the Bears in what can only be described as a, a glorified um, pre-season game. I hope uh, he gets all the snaps and they put him out there. And don't bother with Cousins. What's the point? Um, let's either lose and get a draft, better draft position or, or see what Mon's got when the, with the opportunity to have a full week of practice. Um, as to our front office, our coach and our quarterback... I hope the Wolves make a sensible decision and move the lot of them. Because what we've seen in the four years since Cousins arrived, I, I think is a team that has completely lost its direction. You've got a GM and a coach that are pulling in opposite directions, especially to roster construction. Um, I think I've brought this up in the past. Um, you know, you've, you've got a GM that loves to trade back and look for those golden nuggets in the wilderness. Um, which the coach doesn't trust, as we've seen this year. You know, we had, what, three, no, four third-rounders. Bear in mind, we had no second-round draft pick. And the guy used two of them in the team this season, but barely at all. So what does that tell you about it? Um, we, have, we have a coach that wants free agent talent. Um, so it doesn't work and it hasn't worked now for four years we've seen it um i want cousins gone you know yeah statistically fabulous numbers but when it comes down to when it really matters the guy cannot do it and his attitude of i i just work here guy is total bullshit for someone on that kind of money so yeah get rid of the lot find somebody that can begin to build this team back from mediocrity um I remember at the beginning of the season, a lot of people had high expectations of where this team was going to go. And I'm like thinking, nah, we'll end up um, probably eight and nine, miss the playoffs. And they've achieved that because I've never trusted Cousins in key clutch moments. Um, I don't trust Zimmer anymore. And I don't particularly trust the GM to do the right things to find out what is wrong with this team. You know, we we need a new GM urgently who can come in Look at this roster from top to bottom. Look at those that are overpaid. And it's probably probably not a popular opinion, but there are certain players that, yes, we all might have the uh, the shirts, but it's perhaps time for them to go, time for them to move on. Um, to pastures near why we, we bring in fresh talent, because this is what the NFL is about. It's bringing in talent and rolling over the roster and continuing to be effective. And we've become stale. Um you know, looking back at the past four seasons, the Keenum year was fun. You know, this was a guy that you could root for and and who built a team around him that wanted to win. Cousins came in and he's like, in essence, my paycheck is all that matters to me. Um, fair enough. But um, it doesn't win championships. And here we are, yet again, missing out in the playoffs. I could say a lot more, my friend. Um as to who comes in, well, again, new GM urgently required, who's got a fresh pair of eyes, who can seriously put this team back on the map, and hopefully a GM that can identify quarterback talent. Um, as to a head coach, I mean, personally, I wouldn't mind Doug Peterson. I, I think he got a raw deal in Philly. Um, he knows how to bring the best out in quarterbacks, uh, offensive-minded, a proven track record. He's won a championship. Um, it's always difficult, isn't it, when you sort of look at offensive coordinators or or defensive coordinators and say, is that the guy that can do this? How much of that is on them or the head coach 
or the quarterback, that success that they've achieved. So um, I don't know. I, I, I guess from the head coach perspective, perhaps I'm a little bit more conservative and would like somebody that knows how to win a championship. Anyway, Jay, that's about it for now. I, again, Happy New Year to everybody. Skull brothers and sisters. Um, sorry I've not been on much this year. So many things going on. Um, and to be brutally honest, watching the team, you just, well, if you're going to come on and, and talk about the team, it's usually just negativity because you're so sick and tired of what you're seeing on the field. The product has been garbage for too long now. Um, take care, my friend. Um, hopefully we'll catch up in the off season. I look forward to whatever, I look forward to the next podcast and, um, I look forward to what you've got to say when we get into the off-season. Bye for now. And I can't thank you enough for that call-in, Dave Martin. Mad Martin out of Northern Scotland. uh, Touching on a couple of interesting topics there, of course. Uh, Talking about how, I think is the root of the problem, how the coach and the general manager have kind of gone off in different directions. It's a big deal. And ever since the whole Kirk Cousins move, obviously he had a lot of fun with Case Keenum, and then pretty much ever since Kirk Cousins, it's been a downward spiral, and I think that move should end up with both of them getting fired at the end of the day. Uh, Mike Zimmer didn't handle it well, uh, Spielman and everything. It just, it caused a rift in the relationship between the two, uh, big time. Obviously, again, completely different approach with the draft versus what Zimmer's looking for, and Zimmer kind of, you know, stabbing some of these players in the back, so to speak, or stabbing... Uh, uh, Rick Spielman in the back by not playing a lot of them and just kind of alienating them and such, including Kirk Cousins, you could argue, in a way. Though I think Kirk Cousins does a good job alienating himself at times. Uh, Christian Derrissaw, of course, he's going to play and he played a position of need. But like you were saying, the two, uh, at least two of the third-round draft picks, in fact, like all three, as probably you were mentioning as well, Kellen Mond basically getting ignored. Uh, Gerald Sring called him a bust. Mm, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I'm not all that high on Kellen Mond. I don't see a whole lot there. But yeah, like Chad Surratt. Who the heck is Chad Surratt? He never played at all this year. And I don't mean that like to insult Chad Surratt, but it's like, yeah, who the heck is that? It's like I literally forgot about him. I'm dead bleeping serious. I forgot about Chaz Surratt. I forgot about him. He was a third-round pick, 78th overall from North Carolina. Linebacker, you know, defense. Yeah, defense like Zimmer's obsessed with. Never played. Wyatt Davis never played the entire season. A uh, right guard that was going to really be a big piece for this team. A lot of people were very hopeful. A big, strong right guard for the Minnesota Vikings didn't play a snap the entire season. Third round pick, 86th overall. Those guys usually play at some point. Luckily, certain guys got something, but yeah, Patrick Jones, never, you know, just never a factor at all. Kenny Nwangwu had some cool moments. That was fun. It's funny how the offensive players got in there, and Cam Bynum was a piece that actually looked like he could be a factor, could be a starting safety someday. Ended up being a fantastic pick. Fifth, uh, fourth round pick. For some reason, I thought he was sixth. Now it's fourth round pick, 125th overall. That's not too bad. Janarius Robinson, I literally forgot about him. I'm not kidding. Defensive end, 134th, fourth round pick. I completely forgot about him. Uh, Amir Smith-Marset had his biggest game today, but obviously was a returner most of the season. Zach Davidson, like nobody heard about him the whole season. Obviously an intriguing pick coming into the draft, a raw player with some talent that could end up being something, but you know, never saw the light of day. Uh, Jalen Twyman had the injury earlier in the season, I believe getting shot in the leg. So that was a disappointing situation there, and that's it. But, uh, yeah, very, very interesting situation with two guys going in two different directions. And how the franchise, generally speaking, has just been 
a, a bit of a bore, a bit of a frustration for a number of years now, and you've kind of had enough of it. Completely understand. Uh, that's obviously, you know, busy schedule and also uh, having a hard time, you know, having a hard time keeping up with the team when they're not as, you know, they're just, it's depressing to watch. And of course, you have been keeping up, but you're thinking, what else am I going to do? Just just be negative about it nonstop. You know, and yeah, unfortunately, that's what I get to do every week as well <laughs> when I do the show. Um, awesome call in. I hope I touched on most of what you had to say. They kind of got the gist of the call and such. Obviously, great call in, both of you guys. Really uh, touched on a lot of important issues of the franchise. And it's it's sad to think that's where we're at right now, but it is where we're at. Uh, I wish I wish both were gone, but uh, well, obviously we're kind of waiting things out here. At the time I'm recording this section of fan interaction, still kind of waiting things out. Obviously waiting for the playoff picture to come in place as it's pretty close. NFC is done at the time I'm recording this. AFC not complete yet because obviously you got the Sunday Night Football just getting started at this second that I'm recording this uh, small smidgen of the fan interaction. With that, we'll continue fan interaction right now. And now let's move on into the Twitter account as fan interaction segment number three is officially upon us now. <laughs> at Purple Mafia Show, at Purple Mafia Show, thank every doggone one of you for downloading and listening to this show. Always Thank you guys for retweeting. Looks like Tene Brown out of New Zealand, Malcolm McSween out of California, and Vince Germano for retweeting the most recent episode. Thank you guys so very much. It's funny, I was hashtagging Black Monday last week. Yeah, because that's like I figured as much. But yeah, I'll be hashtagging it again, I'm sure. <laughs> Tene Brown was saying, wow. So what were we going into there? Yeah, it was Score North tweeting out that, because I, I retweeted, I believe. What did I say? Or was he just... No, he was sending it to me. He was sending it to me. Yep, um, it was saying, remember Vikings head coach Mike Zimmer basically predicted his fate at the 2018 NFL Combine. Yeah, he says, uh, how it affects the salary. This is about uh, getting uh, Kirk Cousins and all that. How it affects the salary and how it affects the rest of our football team. It's important for myself and Rick that we pick the right quarterback that is going to help us to continue to move forward. If we don't do that, then I'll probably get fired. Yeah, because he was at the same time talking about, uh, do we really want to strap? Uh, do we really want to strap ourselves with the salary cap by paying, putting too much into the quarterback position, like going way over the top? Some people might think, well, well, you got to have a quarterback. Yeah, but I mean, do you really want to go that far in uh, committing to so much to a player that really, at the end of the day, should I say this, hadn't proved himself? He hadn't. He maybe have proven himself as a starting quarterback, but that's it. That's it. And, well, he kind of predicted his uh, demise, Mike Zimmer, and I wish he predicted uh, what's-his-name's demise as well. Oh, what's-his-name, you know, that uh, Spielman guy. I don't know why this keeps duplicating, like, 9 million uh, tabs here. I keep bumping buttons too aggressively. Sam Gupta, also out of California, says, Thanks, Joey. I look forward to listening to this one. This was last week, of course. Um, you know, last week's show, anyway. I think the title says it all and accurately captures how most of us feel. Thanks also for continuing to belt out the podcast. I'm sure it hasn't been easy. Yeah, it's been a bit of a back and forth. It truly has. And yeah, thank you so much. I was saying it all needs to end where this week better make darn sure I remember what it's going to be. <laughs> it's uh, chasing mediocrity to the bitter end, which is what the Vikings did. Uh, Sebastian Bard is going to uh, tap into that here very shortly. Thank you, Sam. You are a legend, and, you know, that's why you're part of the Purple Mafia Hall of Fame. 
Uh, there'll be one or two entries this year. I haven't completely decided. I know, yeah, I have a pretty good idea. But uh, we'll continue. Yep, Sam Gupta, Purple Mafia, Hall of Famer. He says, "I'm glad you're still able to find you're still able to find silver linings this season. It's been a rough one for sure, but we're finally at the end." Uh, what was I saying? I was saying I appreciate everything, Sam. Sometimes it's not easy. Yet sometimes these negative ones are almost fun in a way. Yeah, because you know it's it's a lot of material. Uh, I was saying as bad as that may sound. However, 2017 and 2009 were a heck of a lot more fun, and they really were. But yeah, I mean, sometimes, I mean, there's more material, like, wow, we get to talk about firing the coach and getting a new coach and all that, even though that's like, you know, and I understand, you know, I don't like to use uh, somebody's demise for my entertainment. I, I know that sounds cruel and evil. It does, but hey, I wish I was making $8 million a year. I really wish I was making $8 million a year instead of having to stress about going to a stinking job, working with a bunch of people in a tiny space. Think about that. You know, I, I'll take the eight million any day of the week. I know there's a lot of scrutiny and a lot of stress and a lot of bullcrap, but you're also doing something you love. Versus, you know, again, working in a factory in a small space, working with a, a bunch of people that maybe you might not like all of them. In fact, there's a good chance maybe fifty percent of them aren't your kind of people, to be quite frank. You know, and I don't mean to be that say that in a bad way, but they're just you know, they're not always your kind of people out there anymore. Society ain't what it used to be, folks. You know, a lot of these young people, I don't really fit in with them. I just don't. We're feeling like a different planet. Mad Martin says, and I don't mean to say that. I, I will, there are plenty of young people that are very nice and very respectful. And those of you out there listening to this show that might be a younger age, thank you. Thank you. And I wouldn't mind tweeting back and forth. Like Sebastian, he's a bit of younger age, but obviously becoming more of a veteran now. Obviously, he's been a father and everything, and he's been married and everything. So he's a, a bit, yeah, a bit more of a veteran now. Believe it or not, because time flies like, and it waits for nobody. Mad Martin says, morning, brother. Just starting the podcast, wishing you a happy new year from Scotland. And happy new year to you, Mad Martin. Thank you. And I, God, I just love Mad Martin. He says, just sent a recording for the next episode. Look forward to your review of this game. No doubt we are on the same hymn sheet. Skull brother, he was laughing. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, we both want all three gone. Gerald String is thinking, you know, we don't really want to rip off the Band-Aid right now. I'm ready to. And it's not because I'm just a... It's not just because I hate cousins and this and that. Bill Guerin? There's something, like Bill Guerin would say, you know, I mean, should I just play it again? Should I? Well, that that's kind of the thing. Like, I've got to figure out, like, what what's the issue? You know, why, mm -hmm. why have we been falling short? The teams are good. Um, the guys play hard. But there's something... Uh, rooted here that is that's not working and it's not just trading players and you know changing the GM and things like that it's it's uh, it's, it's something in the in the way that we operate every day it's something in the culture and we need to change it mm -hmm. seriously though I mean that sums it up that sums it up right there Bill Guerin Minnesota Wild general manager when he got rid of Zach Greasy and Ryan Suter it's it's <laughs> I'm just going to keep emphasizing that. There's something rooted here that's not working. And <laughs> it's in the culture, and we need to change it. Period. It needs to happen. It may be scary. It may hurt. But then all of a sudden, maybe things will be way different. Maybe. And the Wild did change a veteran coach out in Bruce Boudreaux. <laughs> they did. Yeah. 
Yep, and they got a better general manager that actually thought that way. Like, we got to get, get get moving here. Okay, black space, that would be Sebastian Barton out of Mankato. He says, I'm not sure how the Wills didn't just fire him. Yep, and this would be Zimmer, of course, after he said no to Mond, especially after the way he dodged, uh, dogged him. If Zimmer isn't fired on Black Monday, Kalen Mond and every other banking player should request a trade or request to be released because this is a joke. Yeah, it was pretty bad. That was pretty messed up. Um, that's just, it's going over the top of being blunt and kind of ridiculous. And obviously Zimmer, the beginning of the end of Mike Zimmer goes all the way back to when the Vikings lost to the Philadelphia Eagles in 2016 when he called the offensive line soft after one game, after one loss. Yeah, they're soft. Holy hell, man. Yeah, that was the beginning. He just gets too blunt and too hard at times. It's okay to tell people the hard truth, but there is a different, there's a way of doing it. And it's not because we're all too sensitive and we're a bunch of snowflakes, though some people are, I'm sure. <laughs> Plenty of people are. Not necessarily saying that, but <laughs> I mean, there's a way of going about it, brother. There's a way of going about it. And Zimmer doesn't seem to understand that all the time. Uh, it just doesn't. Um, Tanae says, I've been hearing Spielman might go into a different role, which I wouldn't mind. Zimmer needs to go 100%, though. As long as it's a very, very, very different role. Yeah, um, I don't want him involved in hiring the next general manager unless it's... I just don't. I just don't. But, I mean, here's the thing. The whole point of this is maybe if he hires a different general manager that thinks differently and he has no say. I'm sorry, Rick, you have no say on uh, the the draft and such. Maybe you can do a little nudge-nudge suggestions, but then okay, thanks for the thanks for the idea, but uh, there you go. Because, I mean, obviously he isn't the worst ever, but again, he, he has no final say on it, and it'll be somebody with a completely different direction and looking for, uh, you know, utilizing this, this offense. And, of course, imp- you know, improving and shoring up the defense as well. You know, uh, obviously uh, the... Defense was trending in the wrong direction as well. And it had been for a couple of years, even with some improved players, we thought. Uh, and I should mention Bob Saget just passed away, apparently. Found dead. Uh, found dead. So, interesting. I'm not sure about the details there. Only 65 years of age. Sure looks a heck of a lot different than he did when uh, Full House was around. But, I mean, it is, you know, we're talking early 90s here. Um, and the fetching young daughters that uh, grew up to look pretty good as they grew up. Some of them. <laughs> Most of them. I'm just teasing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, you know, because that was about their age. So it's like, I, you know, when you're the same age and you think they're a little cute, this kind of thing. Well, of, of course you might think that way. <laughs> you know, uh, Hollywood actresses, even when they're young and you're their age at the same time. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, is there? Okay, we'll move on. Black Space. <laughs> but yes, Bob Saget. I'm sorry to hear that. Um, uh, God bless Bob Saget. I'll give him a moment of silence. Bob Saget, Full House. Mm. Black Space uh, Sebastian Barton says that's only because Spielman and Mark Wolf are BFFs, best friends forever. Yeah, that's what I'm afraid of. I was saying this probably won't surprise anybody, but for the record, I am for the removal of both Zimmer and Spielman. Today Brown says, I've been hearing Spielman might go into a different role. Yeah, 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 that's what he was saying. And then Black Space is saying, because, yeah, that's because Spielman and Mark Grove are best friends forever, basically. Today responds with, are there any details on what the role would be? Would it be like an advisory role? And Sebastian says, I'm assuming a similar type of role that he assumed in the triangle during the children's years. Who doesn't remember that disaster? Oh, 
don't do it. If that's the case, then the Wolves should be fired. But guess what? We can't. Then the Wolves are Glenn Taylor again. It's, it, then they're another Glenn Taylor, if that's the case. Hanging on to Kevin McHill and Flip Saunders too long. I said it. They hung on to Kevin McHill and Flip Saunders too long. I, yeah, yep. When something's not working, you got to move on. You can't just keep, you know, putting the same people there to make the same bullcrap. Um, sometimes you got to make a change. And it may hurt, but you got to do it. Timberwolves hung on to both of them too long back in the day. Uh, when Flip came back as president of basketball, I was totally for that. It actually worked just fine, and it would have worked if the poor guy didn't get sick and die on us. Flip Saunders. But, you know, I mean, like Bob Saget, there's not a whole lot you can do. You know, I mean, just things happen. Man Martin says, uh, we need a clean slate, but don't see that happening. Slick Rick will hang around. The uh, the Wills need independent football insiders to pick a new GM, not Rick. Amen, brother. Amen, 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 amen. Mar uh, Man Martin says, from what I'm reading, the Wills are worried about stability. Well, if they're happy with 7 and 9, 8 and 9, you can keep stability where the sun don't shine. <laughs> nice rhyme. Let's uh, be honest that the product on the field has been garbage for the past two seasons. Oh, God, yes. Yeah, and, you know, that's the thing. You know, that's the thing. Um, chasing mediocrity. Just chasing that mediocrity. Chase it. Can can you chase it? Can, like, instead of can you taste it? Can you chase it? Can you chase that mediocrity? Yeah, it's just garbage, isn't it? My Martin again says, uh, serious, how many games have we enjoyed the past two seasons? It's an entertainment, not a trial of endurance. Yeah, it's supposed to be. And I was thinking it's, you know, you could tell it on one hand for sure. We beating the Packers this year was, was a pretty fun game. And finally beating those awful Seahawks. Finally, God, I hate them. Dave Hickey was saying, what was I saying? He was agreeing with me about Spielman and Zimmer. He was saying, agreed the Jags are going to get the pick of the litter since they already interviewed two coaches and Zimmer isn't even fired yet. Yeah, and I think that's uh, annoying. I do. I was saying uh, we're always, seems like we're always a day late and a dollar short or rush and kidnap the wrong guy, a la Childress, because that's all he did. Just have to pray that finally something goes right. Mediocrity needs to disappear forever. Uh, needs to disappear and forever. I can't take it anymore. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I know I, I, I know we don't want to be the Jaguars, the Detroit Lions, or what Houston was this year. Uh, Houston was basically like a... a they were a... Uh, <laughs> well, they were bona fide mediocrity as well. Chargers just scored. Again, at the time I'm recording this, Chargers trail 10-7 to 7, as long as the extra point goes through early in the second quarter. The Raiders were up 10 nothing at a point. Again, they might be having Jim Harbaugh as head coach going forward. I would not mind having Jim Harbaugh as coach of the Vikings, even though he's crazy, though some of you might think very differently. I was saying, um, the way things were heading when things were really bad, Kevin McMahon retweeted this, because I was thinking, this could be the perfect title for this episode. This is a fitting era. This is a fitting end to an era that needs to end. Yep, Kevin McMahon out of Wisconsin. Uh, Mad Martin says, fitting for the past two seasons. Be honest, how many enjoyable games have we seen in the past two years? At best, I can think of two. That's a lot of wasted Sundays watching a terrible product. Yeah, and I'm thinking, yeah, the same thing. Packers and Seattle, those are the two, right? And he was saying, bang on, brother. Question, are they bleeping tanking today? Yeah, I was saying, I hope so. <laughs> and and uh, Bad Martin says, I'm glad Mond is not playing. We would have zero points in the half. Because there was a point, yeah, like we should have put Mond out there and this and that. And yeah, but he would have been even worse. Uh, but it is what it is. Again, rip off the Band-Aid. Maybe you have to. 
Uh, yeah, the broadcaster, Sebastian, chiming in on that, says, this is like a coach suck-off fest. The commentary must not realize how bad this game is. I get they can't say the coaches suck, but man, both are being fired for a reason. They make the coaches sound better than they are. Yep, I agree. It's funny, you know. It was that way. Um, the announcers were okay, but maybe a little bit they a little bit too happy to be there. It was, you know, it was fake, right? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, that's the thing. It's like they were just they were faking it so much that it was just like this is stupid. Uh, obviously, you know, they, it was like at least I'm pretty sure they were faking it. And if they weren't, then they're just happy to actually have a job, I guess. And I would be too. I'd be happy to have a job and have a job. But I mean, I I know they probably deep down were laughing at it. Um, it was a good game in the second half. I mean, you got to see some nice plays and everything. It just sucks because it was meaningless. It was like watching a good preseason game. Like that was kind of fun, but again, it didn't mean anything. It was an exhibition. Plain and simple. That's what it was. Ben Martin said, God, I miss the era of Burns. The eras of Burns and Green. Yep, that would be Jerry Burns, Dennis Green. The past two decades have been difficult. It's not been remotely enjoyable watching, other than 09 and 17. Watching this team has been a pain, has been painful and little fun. And yeah, you'd have to go way back to 2098 before that, and 87 before that, and, and the late... Uh, the late 70s, I think the Vikings got to one more NFC title game, and man, it just breaks your heart, doesn't it? It just breaks your heart. Um, I was commenting about Green as well, and I believe I talked about it on the last episode, about Green. How Green, in a lot of ways, was an offensive version of Mike Zimmer. You know, you got the rotten attitude, and the, the but he was a different kind of rotten attitude. But again, one-sided. I was saying, I'll admit, by 1995, and absolutely by 97, I was pretty much done with Green. The guy was one-sided, just like Zimmer. The only reason it was more exciting was because it was offensive-minded. Yeah, he was an off, he was offensive-minded, but it took him five tries to win one playoff game. That does not define winner in my book. And yeah, that, that's what I was complaining about with Flip Saunders and McHale. It's like, you know, John Krasinski said it about the Wolves recently, last year, because they were getting cocky about winning one freaking game. What success have you had? And that's kind of how I feel about the Zimmer era. You know, they won two playoff games in two different seasons. You know what I'm saying? They couldn't even win two in a row, man. You know what I'm saying? Dennis Green, how many times did he win two playoff games in a row? Nope. Zero. Zero. Do you realize that? they Neither coach, no coach since Bud Grant has won two playoff games in a row. Just let that sink in for a minute. 40 flipping, 40 freaking 45 years ago was the last time this team won two playoff games in a row. No, I, th- I, th- I think we got to an NFC title game with Bud Grant. Yeah, about, yeah, 40 plus years ago, though. 43, 44 years ago in the late 70s. Again, can I say the phrase one more time? Let that sink in. Think about that. That's horseshit. And yes, I just, yeah. And yes, I said it. I didn't put a, I, I didn't put a <laughs> explicit on the label. I haven't been doing that but because I don't swear that much. But that is real horse crap. It is. Um, Mad Martin says, cannot disagree with your assessment, but you've put, in a, put the keyword in, exciting, and my God, that's been lacking for too long. Yeah, because during the Tice era, Randy Moss wasn't the same anymore. Uh, still super talented, but Culpepper was inconsistent, even though he had some awesome games. As, as, as Culpepper kind of neared his prime, Randy Moss started becoming a little injury-prone and disgruntled and he wanted to stay here, but I don't know. Just he toxic, toxic person. 
is that okay to say that? I mean, Randy Moss is a toxic personality, particularly in the locker room. I mean, it worked in New England for a while because, well, guess what? You know, I mean, he was the best receiver in the league, and he had the best quarterback ever together. They had a 16-0 and season. I mean, it was as good as it gets. It doesn't get better, honestly, with those two guys. It was an unbelievable combination that freaking choked in the Super Bowl. And I'm still shocked that those two guys... Well, with, with Moss, I'm not surprised because he didn't bring in the, a Super Bowl winning uh, catch either from a quarterback that I'm not a big fan of with San Francisco at the time. And, of course, uh, uh, couldn't finish things off. Uh, they had scored. They had taken the lead. But, you know, they left too much time for Eli, you know, and miracles happened. Yep, that's what happened. You know, they scored too fast. <laughs> that's the That's the... That's the nature of the beast, doggone it. Come on, why does this keep popping up more notifications? It's really bugging me. Stop! Stupid. I don't know if the mouse is broken or what. It's irritating me. Mad Martin had uh, the TV on the wall, which I think looks really cool. They're showing the Kirk Cousins numbers the first half. Wow, 5 of 10, 78 yards. Second half, 9 11, 172, three touchdowns. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Um... I remember saying, where was that O in the first half? That's been a huge problem. They can never put a complete game together. Exactly. Cousins can't put a complete game together, and he sure as heck can't put a complete playoff run together. Zimmer couldn't with uh, whoever, Case Keenum. And the, you know, it's not Zimmer's fault that frickin' Walsh missed the kick, but I don't know. <laughs> uh, would we have won the next round? Probably not. We probably wouldn't have won in Arizona on the road. Probably not. It would have been the first time since the late 70s that the Vikings would have won two playoff games in a row. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. Jerry Burns. God, what's wrong with me? Sorry. I apologize. Jerry Burns did it once in 87. I apologize. Jerry Burns, 1987. But still. Oh, it's it's only 35 years ago, though. It's still 35 years ago. Jerry Burns, Jerry Burns. I bet some of you were screaming at me. And then it's like it just dawned on me. Like the little light bulb went off. It was... You know, it was like, uh, I don't know. I'm just stupid, and I apologize. Deeply apologize. I can imagine people screaming at me about that one. Jerry Burns, 87, hello. Yeah. Yes, yes, and I am old enough to remember it. I was pretty young, but I am I was old enough. <laughs> yep. Matt um, Martin was saying, now that's a question. What was I asking? Uh, I was saying, where was this all season? Breaks my heart. Where, where was this the last two years? And Matt Martin says, now that's a question. Yeah. Yeah, last two years. Uh-huh. Brown says, Zimmer putting on a show so the coaching and GM jobs are even more appealing to others. Ha-ha. I hope so. I hope so. Get them out of here, right? <laughs> Mad Brown says, at least it felt like we had a shot at a championship back then. Always felt like we would finish sub-500 and Zimmer did not let me down. Boring football. Yeah, it was boring. And, you know, it never felt like, it so rarely felt like, oh, yeah, we got this. We won. Obviously, like, you know, crushing the Rams. I mean, even at Childress for one great season, crushing the Rams and the Seahawks, games like that back in 2009, where it's just comfortable. Crushing the Dallas Cowboys in the, uh, you know, in the bye week. You know, the sec, well, the divisional round in uh, the Metrodome in 2009. But again, couldn't win two playoff games in a row. Couldn't beat the Saints. We were undefeated against the Saints when we've been undefeated since in the postseason. But we couldn't win the biggest of the biggest, which is freaking annoying and just depressing and it's unfair to all of us that have been so loyal to this franchise for so long. Mad Martins has been enjoyable second half as to draft picks. If there is a player move player move up for them, I just hope the Wolves move on from Slick Rick. Otherwise, don't worry. 
about the draft, he will move back and pick up loads more of those seventh rounders, and he's laughing. Yeah, I mean, it's, oh, I hate it. I hate it. Seventh round picks. Yeah, I remember when we traded away first round picks for seventh round picks. Troy Williamson and uh, what's that other Wisconsin guy name that didn't do jack bleep. Why am I blanking? 2005 draft. We went up with seven round picks by 2007. Two years later. Two years later. First round picks. That became seventh round picks. Why am I forgetting that guy's name? I'm going to have to dig now. I, I can't help it. I'm an idiot. <laughs> 2005 NFL draft. Um, it's, it was Wisconsin defensive end. That was just horrendous. Uh, pro football reference. Da, 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 da. Where is it? Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, yeah, that guy too. Uh, I'm so glad we wound up with the, the guy we got. It was 2005, right? Yeah, Troy. Erasmus James. We picked Erasmus James instead of Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> we picked Erasmus James instead of Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Isn't that, yeah, even Roddy White, pretty good wide receiver. Instead of uh, Troy Williamson. Roddy White, you know, I mean, whatever. Braylon Edwards is a bust. But well, he actually went ahead of Troy Williamson. Troy Williamson, for his career, had 1,131 yards and four touchdowns. <laughs> Justin Jefferson beat that last year as a rookie. One year. I mean, I mean, doesn't that just blow your mind? Doesn't that just blow your mind? Sean Merriman, well, he was pretty damn good for a while. DeMarcus Ware, 138 and a half sacks uh, as a linebacker, by the way, not a defensive end. God, that just blows my mind. That just blows my mind. Oh, man, does that just blow your mind? You know? He's Miller, at least a halfway decent tight end. He wasn't that great, but he was okay. You know, you know he's all right. He, he's all right. He won a Super Bowl. We're happy for him. Um, God, this just drives me just blows my mind. Your ass, Miss James. How about Frank Gore, legendary running back, instead of your ass, Miss James? Frank Gore. I'd probably rather have him than Adrian Peterson because of consistency. Consistency. Yeah, Adrian Peterson fumbled and all that crap. Perfect Viking core uh, player, though. Um, Mad Martin says, well, Cousin let us all down, and, and JJ does not get the 17 yards. Yeah, you. that's exactly what happened. <laughs> I was saying, bottom line, why are we so uptight about give, give, getting a receiving record in an 8-9 season? Yeah, I mean, why is everybody so pissed off about it? I was thinking, yeah, because it's meaningless. Um, yeah, and it's because people were upset that, uh, again, that we didn't get the 17 yards for uh, Justin Jefferson. I probably annoyed people by posting that tweet, so I apologize if that did annoy people. It's showing three replies, but I'm, not, I'm only seeing one. So what happened there? Okay, yeah. Sebastian did risk. Yep. The kid did deserve the record, and we made our draft choice five spots worse. That's a good point. And trade eight says, because the kid deserved the damn record. Yeah, I I understand. At least he still follows me. So many people unfollowed over the... I know. He deserved it. I, I know. But, I mean, it's just... I don't know. I'm just sick of the, sick of the mediocrity. That's all. And Martin jumps back in, says, what the bleep, just 17 yards, and we take the name, F. Zimmer, what a disrespectful thing to do, first to J.J. and then the fan base, good riddance Zimmer, you yeah. man, this is a busy, busy, busy fan interaction segment, and we're not even at Facebook yet, whew, well, what do you expect, right, Mad, uh, excuse me, Sebastian Martin says the kid did deserve, yeah, I already read that, 
Uh, Mad Martin watching the press conference. Zimmer doesn't care about records, only wins, referring to Jefferson being just short of receiving the team record. A meaningless win is more important than a player breaking a team record. Well, what a great bleeping coach. One, two. Yeah, yeah, that's about it. Um, oh, okay, I get it now. It's, it's two tweets. Final tweet for Purple Mafia from Mad Martin is continuing. So, so this is how Zimmer motivates his players, explains a lot about this season's on-field performances. Clearly, with this attitude, the guy will never be able to get players to elevate themselves to the next level. Yeah, I mean, I feel you there. Yep, so it's like a full, full tweet, basically, split into two. Totally feel you there, though, Mad Martin. You are an absolute star candidate for this episode, as is Gerald with a call-in. Um, awesome. Let's get to the Facebook page for the sake of time. Holy cow. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Great interaction, though. Everybody, thank you. You know, thank you. I already read the, uh, you know, the Zimmer and, and uh, Spielman thing on Facebook. Oh, my God. It just never ends. This is huge. Well, we'll see. Okay. Episode 362. There's even three comments there. Yeah, I mean, well, it is what it is. I better sip this coffee here before I, uh, you know. <laughs> okay. All comments, you son of a gun. Why can't it just stay there? Yep, this was on last week's show. The, uh, how, how did I call it? I already forgot. It all needs to end. Okay, yep, Gerald String, Nebraska, says we need to hit the reset button. It's time. I agree. Leland Alberts in Iowa says everyone is waiting for the change announcement. Yep. Gerald String said, listen to part of it already. Awesome. Thanks, Joey. And, and thank you, Gerald. You're awesome, too. Thank you. And I say that, and I mean that sincerely. Okay, let's get to the all comments again. COVID-19 hits Minnesota Viking offensive line. Yeah, that was really something. Um, Mike Dale, did I respond? Yeah, I responded with Joey Elijah instead of Purple Mafia. That's weird. It says three comments, and I see two. I, I, okay, I see. There's a reply. Mike Dale... Out of New York, uh, upstate New York, says they played like they had COVID. <laughs> like they played like they have COVID. Well, maybe not Kendricks, as he's rarely off his game. Yeah, he hasn't been good, and he was obviously missing in the game, too. However, if all these guys are positive a day after playing the Packers, I wonder how many of their team will turn out to be positive right before the playoffs. Yeah, wouldn't that be something? Then they get beat right away. But they will have a first-round buy, so they might be able to get away with that part temporarily. Ronald Scott replied to Mike Dale saying, that's pretty damn coincidental if you ask me. Yeah. Mark Carlson says, going from bad to worse as the season ends. Yep. The update, which was saying like us, uh, Viking football, according to Judd Zolga, the Vikings have practically fired Mike Zimmer, but are going to wait until Monday to make it official. However, they are closer to hiring a new GM than a head coach, yeah, which makes sense. Once this is done, the new GM will hire a new head coach. Yep, and I totally support that. Mark Carlson says, as I mentioned in just about every episode of Pro Mafia this season by by the show host and about every Mafia member, the day that day is finally coming. And Leland says, hurrah. Yep, good. So, yeah, here we go. Justin Jefferson, after last week's game, says, we should be in the playoffs right now. We should have one of the best records in the league. I agree. I agree. I think that's a fair statement. Um, fair enough, as they say. <laughs> Tony Brown, of course, out of New Zealand, says, man, I hope we do enough to keep him happy in Minnesota. And I was thinking, yeah, it's, I hope so. I, I hope so, too. Uh, Patrick Grant replies with, where's Patrick Grant from? 
doesn't say <laughs> a, a century century college okay anyhow patrick rand was saying then they better get the team on the right path quickly i think he is eligible to send a contract extension over next season uh, agree to with agree totally with your point yeah yeah he was replying to Tanay. mike dale says however however <laughs> When you don't have team leaders who step up in crunch time and come up clutch, coupled with an inept coaching staff that doesn't instill a winning mentality or implement a winning game plan, you lose all or most close games instead of winning them. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Cousins to Cleveland for Baker, Mayfield, and second rounder. Get rid of Cousins' contract at Mayfield making $19 million for one year and playing for the new contract with prepared non-throwing shoulder. Patrick Roycey. Patrick Roycey, very, very, very veteran Star Tribune columnist. Wow, look at all the comments. <laughs> this is really something. It's really something. Yep, but that's how it is when it's the end of the season. None of them are that big, though, so we'll get to that quickly. Mike Dale says, er, I'm not so sure I want Baker Mayfield, though. He has swagger and can be a bit reckless, high-risk, high-reward, kind of like Brett Favre, but without Favre's arm, accuracy, or smarts, he throws way too many interceptions for my liking, to be honest. Almost like Dilfer, all those stupid risks he would take. Trent Dilfer could drive you crazy, and he was a really high draft pick. Wasn't he, like, number two overall or something? So, yeah, he was highly touted, and he did win a Super Bowl with Baltimore, but Baltimore won because of their defense <laughs> in 2000. Can't believe it was that long ago, but it was. Shelby Lund says... Bring back Case Keenum and give him give him the shot he deserved before he got screwed by the Vikings. Part of me wouldn't mind for like a you know a stopgap, you know stopgap type of thing. Bridge quarterback. Um, we'll see what happens. Tene Brown says Baker's shown glimpses. I honestly don't think Cleveland takes on Kirk's contract though. Yeah, I I feel you there. We'll see. We'll see how much they want him. We'll see how much San Francisco wants him. Shanahan. Gerald Swing says, well, it's an idea anyway. Matt Emer out of New England. Welcome back. It's been a while. Love hearing from Matt Emer. Did I just say New England out of the U out of the United Kingdom? That would be England. Says uh, this thing. This thing is with the Vikings. They are always average. They really need to be really, really bad to get our own quarterback of the future. But we never do. We just coast along in mediocrity year after year. Also, please on my knees, get rid of Zimmer. Now, now he has lasted this long as beyond I mean, how he has lasted this long is beyond me. Yeah, I, I, you know, I understand. He probably should have been gone after 2019, frankly, but of course not. Um, Vince Romano says, bugger off. Baker will be, <laughs> oh, bugger off. Vince Romano, Australia. Yeah, bugger off. Baker will be back better than ever and injury-free next year. You can have Stefanski back, though. Kevin Stefanski, yep, yep. Vince Romano, not a big fan of Stefanski. And, of course, a Cleveland Browns fan. Great friend out of out of Australia, and uh, also a huge supporter of Timberwolves Explosion, just like Atene Brown. You guys are just the greatest. The brother says Browns ain't that dumb. <laughs> Here is he from up St. Paul, Minnesota? Justin Shatava says Cousins is Cousins is greater than Mayfield. Plain and simple. I I uh, I understand. Uh, he's from Maplewood, Minnesota, by the way. Brett McCarthy says, hmm, okay, South Dakota. Ron Skirty says, hell no, Baker is horrible. I I understand, Baker is pretty bad. <laughs> I do. I know we already read this, though, with the plans going ahead. Here's the in-game thread. I'll read some of it, not all of it, you know, because of the sake of time, and my, my head's about to pop, because <laughs> I still got to get to the main stuff. 
the, the season wrap up or post game wrap up such. Mike Deal was saying more officiating bullshit against Harry, the hitman. Yep, that pass interference. I remember that. Uh, really getting old and tiring. If he wanted to clean his clock, he would have. However, he obviously held up and led with his shoulder. And it corrected. Touchdown, Pat Peterson. Yep, that was the. Uh, yep, it was like right after that, the uh, pick six. Mike Dale says, let's see which team is less interested in. Uh, less interested today might be a snoozer. Either way, I'm pretty confident that this will be the last time we see Mike Zimmer pacing the sidelines as Minnesota Vikings head coach. That, at least, is a silver lining. So, Skull Vikings, let's win this game. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Gerald Sring says, I think I liked all these, yeah. Gerald Sring says, well, thank goodness I can't watch the game. Looks pretty putrid from the scoreboard. 25 yards of offense in one quarter or something like that. Yeah. Ben McCarthy says, this is the best offensive game scheme we came up with. What a joke. Yeah. Ben McCarthy says, just more evidence to pile on and build a case against Zimmer and Kubiak. Mike Dale responds with, nah, I'm sure you can hand him a clipboard and give him a Fisher-Price phone and tell him to sit in the bleachers of a junior high middle high school game, telling him he's the offensive coordinator. He won't do that much damage. And Brad McCarthy says, Kubiak should never have been an offensive coordinator. Well, yeah. Mike Dale says, Cousins is hot trash today. Christian Bonner Memorial Award if he comes. Yep, that was early on how bad it was. And then things got a little better. Stepping back from the precipice and starting to redeem himself. So he is. It helps when you have a stellar, certain someone number 18 to throw to. Yeah, it does. Mike Dale against is terrible, but I'm too ambient to really be bothered. Several weeks ago, this first half performance would have caused Vikings failure, failure-induced Tourette's. Yep, that would be all the cursing. Yep with me shouting random vulgarities at the TV screen, but not today. Yeah, I, I know, I was quiet. Uh, Brett says, see you guys next year. This is an embarrassing game. Not ready to play all offensive and defensive. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Mike Dale was saying DJ Wanna came to play. Brett McCarthy hated the play calling, and it got better, but boy, it, it was bad. Yeah, I, I agree. Wanna again from Mike Dale. Gerald McCarthy was saying, Gerald McCarthy, Gerald Sring, I apologize, was saying, would be great to finish the season on a high note. Don't think draft positions change that much either way for these two teams. Yeah. Let's get to the final section. So far, only five. Wow. Well, but I think, yeah, I think we've, it's, I think we've reached a pretty good uh, capacity either way. Um, this is great. Tony Coleman coming back. Yankee William, Yankee William out of Brooklyn Center says they should have tried to let JJ break the, beat the record. That's a shame they did that to him. Um, Yang, uh, Trey Buckholz responds with, "They tried. Cousins had him wide open and went to Osborne instead. You went to you went to four records in the game with the game in the bag and under four to go." So Tony Coleman says it was just Zimmer being a jerk. Good riddance. Yep, <laughs> I I think so. Um, Tony says, in Zimmer's presser, just now he was asked from the reporter, were you aware of Jefferson's yardage? Zimmer says, yeah, I was aware. I don't care about records. I care about wins. Reporter says, well, did he care? And Zim says, I don't know. You'll have to ask him. Wow, that sounds like Zimmer to me, doesn't it? Uh, Tony Coleman says, screw you, Zimmer. The wind didn't matter today, and it was already in the bag anyway. Give the kid his yards. Goodbye and good riddance. Tony Coleman, legendary Post uh, legendary Purple Mafia member out of South Dakota, Hall of Famer. Um, 
He'd, he'd been quiet, but he's returning, and that's great. He's been returning lately, and thank you. I really love hearing from you, Tony. Obviously, he's a busy guy with, um, you know, having more and more kids over the last few years, which is, you know, that's how it is. Um, Tony Coleman says, screw Zimmer. No, or I just called him Tony Coleman. Trey Buckholz says, screw Zimmer? No, screws Cousins. He had a wide-open Jefferson on the touchdown to Osborne. You take the knee like he did at the end of every game. It was easily the most open he had been all game. TV may not have showed it, but in person he was wide open. That would be uh, yep, Justin Jefferson. And then Cousins elected to go to K.J. Osborne. And apparently um, Cousins was apologetic after the game saying, yeah, I, I, I missed that one and I'm really sorry. Yeah, so hard to believe. I, you never really hear Kirk Cousins say anything like that, so that's interesting. Tony responds with, I'm saying screw Zimmer on his callous attitude. And he says, screw Cousins too then. <laughs> Which is funny, yep, and I agree. And Mike Dale says, Zimmer stopped caring the moment he knew they were going to fire him. He acted like a child, or at least not very professional for the past few weeks. I guess we could be thankful that at least he didn't pull off his shirt, luckily for the people eating in U.S. Bank Stadium and pulling Antonio Brown, waving goodbye at everyone in the end zone. Though his past few post-game interviews conveyed the same unprofessionalism. Yeah, I think so. Um, on Score North, they called him a petulant child. Yep, they, they did. Uh, Mark Carlson, or Gerald's responding to Mark Carlson, but we didn't see what Mark said first, so yeah, why would I read the reply first? <laughs> uh, Mark Carlson says, I did not watch the game, and I did not listen to the game. I just had better things to do. Not that I don't care, and if I were at home, I would have watched. No, I don't like our record. I don't like losing. I don't like throwing a four-yard pass when it's third and seven. Yeah, isn't that like the sum of the whole frustration here? I don't like running the ball so predictably. I don't like backups who can't even compare to the starters, and that is especially important at key positions. So um, just get a GM that expects the very, very best from every player and a coach that can bring out the best of every player. There definitely are players on this team that need to go too. More of what we saw this year will only weaken the franchise and the fan base. I want a kick-ass team next year. I want a deep playoff run. I want a championship and a Super Bowl. None of that is going to happen with the Viking staff doing what they're doing now. Lastly, we know where we are weak. We know where we are strong. Why, why, why can't we play to our strengths? Skull Pearl Mafia. Sorry I skipped out on the game to, in the game thread today. I love that. It, it is so much fun. And thank you, Paladino Joey, for the very best coverage all season long. Every episode from preseason to now. Thank you. Now I look forward to the playoffs as a fan of football and listening to Purple Mafia Show all the way. Mark from Iowa. Yep, and I do pledge to continue doing the show throughout the whole playoffs all the way to the Super Bowl. I do that every year, and I enjoy it very, very much. Plus, the pressure's off. You know, it's not like, oh, God, I gotta, I gotta, I, gotta, I, I can't miss anything. Yeah, the pressure's off, so it's pretty easy. You know, watching a game, doing a game review, you better you better have a, you know, you better not miss a lot of stuff because, you know, I, I, in the past, I was called out in the past when I was kind of ha- half-a-daisical about it. Mike Dale says, unfortunately, it took till the last game of the season for this team to learn how to put the door, uh, excuse me, to put a poor, uh, poor, mind you, team away. I'm going to echo the same sentiments that we've been saying the entire year. Zimmer and Kubiak out. It appears that Spielman is staying, which is a bit disappointing. Would really, 
like to see a complete fresh start, but it wasn't to be. We'll see how the new regime does with Rick's picks, by the way. Rick, we need more, better offensive linemen and cornerbacks. Bad, but you've already known that since forever, haven't you, Rick? (laughs) Final, Francis Asbury Targington Award, DJ Wanham. The defense was pretty good today, even if the Bears' offense is pure trash. It was a battle of no Fs given in the end, as probably Zimmer both as, as probably both Zimmer and Nagy will be out of their current jobs within a matter of weeks. Bonus news. Also, Emir Smith-Marset is starting to push K.J. Osborne for the third receiver spot on this team. A little, a little lit fire under the ass is never a bad thing. Christian A. Ponder a Memorial Award? That's a tough one. I thought the ever-lantern-jawed, teeth-gritting, three-and-out first-half Cousins was a shoo-in. Yeah, that was bad, wasn't it? But he completely redeemed himself in the second half. Good to see him battle back, albeit against a shit Bears team. I don't know about the Ponder Memorial Award. The team came back from a deficit, which is weird in itself, and won the game. Therefore, I'll leave it and let someone else be the negative Debbie Downer, as my wife refers to me as a Vikings fan. Joey! I absolutely love your podcast and always have. I hope you keep up the good work and keep fighting the good fight. You give it a warmer, more human approach than all other Vikings podcasts, which is needed since we are notoriously miserable, especially as older fans. Tortured, glass-half-empty fan base still yearning for the day we can hug each other as our players finally left the coveted Vince Lombardi trophy. It'll happen in our lifetimes, I actually might start listening to your Minnesota Wild podcast as I'm a huge fan of hockey and still play beer league slash rec league ice hockey. Well, that's really cool. At my advanced yep, at my advanced age, so try to offset my beer consumption and not become too overweight, even though I'm a New York Rangers fan, and that's fine. Again, I'm from upstate New York originally. Yep, yep. School, everyone. Enjoy the enjoy the off season. Hopefully, a new regime change will bring a fresh, brighter, new outlook and a new horizon to reach towards the Super Bowl berth and win. Yep, yep. Um, <laughs> future Hall of Famer Mike Dale <laughs> with an unbelievable post. Un unbelievable. You know, and keep these coming the way you've been doing it. Don't change a thing. You are unbelievable. <laughs> I'm not kidding when I say that. That was, man, you know. Thank you so much for uh, what you had to say and, um, you know, the heartfelt the heartfelt uh, thoughts there. And, of course, yes, Brave the Wild is the hockey podcast, if you're interested. Timberwolves were on in the background. Now the Chargers are ahead since and they're leading into halftime here. Of course, the second segment, though, will probably be ahead. Yeah, the second segment's going to be further into the game because that's going to be a playoff preview, obviously, so... Apologize, you've already heard that. So I'm in the past now, as you were in the future in the second segment. But that's just how this segment is. That's just how this show is having to be put together for the sake of time and everything. Amazing posts, guys. Mark Carlson, that was awesome too. Um, let's get to the two other guys though. Here, I forgot to. Yeah, Gerald String says, "Ditto, Mark Carlson. Can't get games out here in TV and can only listen in the truck." We'll watch later tonight. I have no idea, except had a friend at the game and just said it was a game of two halves. At least we didn't throw in the towel. And as someone else mentioned, I actually put a team away finally. That said, I'm ready to burn 
the joint down and start over. New GM, new coach. Start drafting and developing our own quarterbacks for a change so we don't get the ridiculous contracts of free agents. Yes, yes, um, that's the mistake. That's the problem the Vikings have been ha- have been having forever. Like, you know, the Warren Moons, the Brett. Brett Favre was unbelievable. That was a flash in a pan. But again, again, it lasted one year. It lasted one year. The next year he was, he was finished. Uh, Warren Moon was over 40, like, right away. And, you know, he's okay, but he took too many chances. It's okay to take chances, but he was over the top, though. He would literally try to force plays that just weren't there. That's what I did. You know, that's what Warren Moon, like, lost a lot of fans because of that crap. Uh, Leland was saying there was a lot of good plays offensively, maybe sign of what what's to come, new coach, new GM, and see what happens. I, I hope so. I do believe that is that, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, it is. Wow. Um, you guys, you know, I, I'm almost teary-eyed just thinking about this. You, know, you guys are unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, you know, that's, that's why, you know, you're going to keep me coming forever every time I... Uh, just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. You know, it's stuff like that. If I ever was thinking of stepping away, which thoughts always come to somebody's head, partially because you're so frustrated, so sad about things, and also, you know, sometimes certain family members try to urge you away from it. They're like, uh, you know, what are you, what are you getting out of this? You're just wasting your time, and you're wasting your time with this this team that's never going to do anything. They don't give a the team doesn't give a damn about you. Of course they don't. They're, they're trying to just go out and make a living and do their thing. Of course they don't give a damn. And don't give me crap about all this charity stuff. Ah, pfft. You, you think, you, think they, you know, I, I'm sure some of them care to a point, but not that much. And certainly not for a middle-class person. They couldn't give a, yeah. They, you know, it's ultra-rich and the ultra-poor. It seems like all anybody cares about in this world. The middle class seems to usually get pushed to the side, does all the work, and gets none of the credit. Ever. That is a fact of life, unfortunately. So, yes, I'm a disgruntled, angry, whatever I am. <laughs> Not angry, but uh, jaded person. With that said, I mean, this is uh, impossible. Impossible. But I have to do it. I have to do it. I don't know what else to say, man. I have to do it this way. I have to. I have no choice. There are going to be three gold stars today. Three. Because... Just unbelievable contributions to the show and what you've done, what you've meant to the show for you know all season and forever in some cases. Man, Martin, Gerald String, the Collins Gold Star, Mike Dale. How can I resist to give you a gold star? How, how can I not give you a gold star? How how can I not give you a gold star? Those are the three gold stars right there. Silver Star Mark Carlson for the heartfelt uh, comment there. Really, 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 really strongly appreciate what you had to say and the passion. You know, and, uh, Tony Coleman, um, awesome thoughts as well. He's going to ring in the silver. Trey Buckholz is going to get a bronze for at least, you know, hey, bring in a little bit of a uh, little bit of uh, devil's advocate Sebastian Barton. Very passionate, always a part of things. Deserves a bronze as well. You know, so many of you, you all deserve at least a bronze, a silver. You know, I mean, even a gold. I mean, I mean, but you know, I mean, I just appreciate you guys so much and. Hope you guys stick around. I hope you guys stick around for playoff conversations. I'm going to post an in-game thread for the wild card round week next week, in-game thread for the divisional round, in-game thread for uh, championship Sunday, and in-game thread for Super Bowl. Comment, comment, and enjoy. You know, just you know, even if it's just one comment, go ahead. It'll, it'll not in-game thread, just all of it. 
You can comment during the games and after. It'll all be in one thread, I believe. Yeah, that's that's how I've done it in the past. Just uh, We'll just call it Wild Card Weekend Thread, Division Thread, Championship Sunday Thread, and Super Bowl Thread. I'm going to do that all the way up to the Super Bowl. And then I, I bid it to you for a little while. And as news breaks for this and that, hopefully there'll be a Vikings. i got to think there'll be a Vikings coach in place well before the Super Bowl, i got to think. Um, unless they decide they're going to keep Zimmer, which I doubt, but you never know with this with this human, this ownership group. With that said, God bless each and every one of you. And um, I just can't thank you enough. God bless each and every one of you. Uh, hoping that that day does come. Ho- hoist- hoisting that trophy. We see purple, gold, and and white coming down from the sky. And that trophy is being held up in the air. Yes, I do try to bring a little extra warmness to this. You know, it's like it's that secret. It's that secret ingredient that uh, every podcast needs that probably doesn't exist uh, in every case. But I'm sure there's a few out there that may have it as well. And you know what? You guys bring it. Bring that uh, secret ingredient back to me. You truly do, and I, I appreciate that from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Uh, anybody out there that hasn't written a positive rating for? This show on Apple Podcasts, supposedly Spotify. I don't know if you can. I've heard that you can. I don't know about that. But if you can, please do. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Audible for sure. You can write a positive rating for Rural Mafia, five-star rating. Please do that. I'd greatly appreciate it. If you want to call in, all you got to do is um, open your smart device, open the free voice recording application, talk in it, treat it like a phone call, and then when you're done, hit stop and share it slash email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com. I would then convert it into an MP3 file. Thanks to zumzar.com. Thank you, Gerald and man, Mark. Keep them coming. Mark Carlson, love to hear from you again. Uh, Malcolm McSween, Sam Gupta, you know, Mike Dale. <laughs> but uh, he's such a darn good writer. I'd almost be, be sad to, I'd almost feel bad to inter- interrupt that. But uh, man, he's such a damn good writer. Oh. Um, but no, God bless you guys so much. Thank you. And, um, we will talk to you next week for wildcard football. Let's go.